1: Me jake query that's what's happening God. it's now if you're on the youtube those words i never well, wanted to it's this chair hear again it's this chair only jake and i are in this chair God. i don't know where my headphones are they're back at the my desk mm. my rarely used desk i'll have I, to go get them <laughs> I
2: have to go get them here in a second did you do this on purpose are I you did wearing this. a u.s Ryder cup hat right now after that pathetic performance from this weekend
1: you know what i was cleaning the house out i have so many hats KB. burn that hat please. oh no this is the one they won this this is like a $50 God. hat. You got, uh, at uh, I don't know, I can't remember if it was Valhalla. You get a token as a media member to where you get one item of merchandise and they had these rider Cups. The only merchandise you couldn't get... Tiger Woods Nike. Uh, you can get anything else but the Tiger Woods Nike. Uh, but welcome in. It's a Thursday. It's the wake-up call right here on The Fan. You can check us out, YouTube, stream us, 1075thefan.com, or on the free app. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton producing today's effort. Scott Agnes will join us at about 830. We'll talk some Pacers with him getting ready as their first preseason game coming up in Memphis on Sunday, uh, Sunday night. And then Jerron Davenport Will join us from ESPN.com. He follows the Tennessee Titans. Jonathan Taylor, he knows the offense. Will he play? We sit around and wait, KB. But yesterday, uh, some nice things said about Jonathan Taylor as we get ready to find out if he's (laughs) going to be out there on Sunday.
2: Some nice things said nice about things being said. a man that's on the side of Lucas Oil Stadium. That's <laughs> well, about time. Just the fact that like that statement has to be said on October fifth, it just makes me shake my head. Yeah, it almost feels like we're at the point with the Colts and Jonathan Taylor where Andy were staying together because of the kids. Until they're 18. We don't necessarily love each other anymore, <laughs> but we're gonna stay together because of the kids. It ra- almost it almost feels like yeah. that's where we're at. In here. radio, that would be we're staying together because of the radio. Yes, exactly. Right. Which <laughs> you know, honestly, if you continue to say to me at seven oh one in the morning, I'm starting to feel like Jay Query, Uh maybe we'll go down that path at some point. But uh a full participation in walkthrough from yesterday. Again, a walkthrough practice for the Colts yesterday. You know, I remember saying to you uh, during the show yesterday, Andy, is part of the reason why they're electing to have a walkthrough and not a practice mean that the injury report is growing a bit? And I do think we saw that. Obviously, the Taylor News dominates the storylines, and the expectation is today, around 1 o'clock, he will participate in his first Colts practice since December 15th. Of Last year. So that's where we're at. Again, the injury report is growing. And, and I think what stands out about the injury report this week, Andy, it comes at a time where you're facing an opponent. And I don't say this word lightly. You're facing an opponent that's bullied you. Mm-hmm. and you've been the little brother, and I think that really, really pisses Jim Irsay off because when you talk Colts, Titans, in the history of this division, it's oftentimes been the big brother resides up here on I-65 and not down there off I-65, and that's changed. And if you look at the injury report, Andy, it's not just there's six or seven starters that did not participate yesterday or would not have, I should say, uh, if they had an actual practice. Pretty much all of them reside like near the line of scrimmage, <laughs> and that's kind of important the guts of when a football you think team. about right. playing the Tennessee Titans. So I think that's something we can get into today. And how much do fans think this is a rivalry? And I know rivalry oftentimes will quickly fall into the boat. Well, does that mean the other opponent has also won? And the Colts haven't lived up their part of this rivalry here lately. But I think in the owner's eyes, it certainly is. As Andy said, good Thursday morning to you. Sounds like some fall weather creeping into the area later today and some rain in the forecast. As well, yeah, can I say something about that?
1: Yeah. Okay, all these people that that are like it's eighty some degrees, I'm sweating. You know, the guy. And I don't know if you guys fit into this mold, so I guess I apologize if you do. Okay, uh, yeah, well, you're gonna get it. It's gonna be sixty degrees now, and then inevitably it's gonna be forty degrees, and that's gonna be thirty degrees, and then we're all gonna be scraping off our car windshields every morning. And me and KB and Mark are gonna be doing that at five something in the morning, and we're gonna come in here. At least we get to our sweatpants. I mean, I guess that's. <laughs> That's the best part of fall Radio winter.
2: wardrobe but, is not GQ stuff. Yeah,
1: but I mean, okay, you don't want 85 degrees. Well, good. You're going to get rain. It's going to be low 70s, and then it's going to be 60s, and that's fine. It's football weather. It's sweatshirt and shorts weather. You know I love that as a bigger guy, but then eventually it's going to be in the 50s and 40s, and then it's going to be uh, a, you know, a winter tundra. It's going to be Lambeau
2: Field, yeah, so here you go. Maddie's like, oh, I'm looking forward to the fall weather. I'm like, I, I feel Why? like we are kind of skipping like a 65 and sunny streak stretch like it's going straight to like 55 and and potentially overcast and again some rain in the um in the forecast scott agnes as andy said coming up at 8 30 and then teron davenport to get the Titans side of view i do think they were a team that had some anthony richardson interest so i'm curious to throw that one at teron when he joins us coming up at nine and then andy at 9 45 today uh, lara overton is going to join us from the colts and she and I were talking earlier this week And it totally went right over my head And usually I am a guy that's a little bit more Like tradition centric History centric uh, Anniversary centric sure you're a Notre Dame fan <laughs> We get it <laughs> We know you like tradition KB Notre Dame's had a very nice run here In present day football over the last 8-10 to 10 years I'm very grateful for for what Brian Kelly did And, and what Marcus Freeman has Somewhat continued to do And hopefully continues that Saturday night in Louisville Um Tomorrow, the 20-year anniversary of the greatest comeback in Colts franchise history. I I don't know how much that maybe resonates league-wide, but in this market it definitely does, and that would be the historic comeback on Monday Night Football with Colts and Bucks. And the Colts are releasing a 20-minute video tomorrow um, that looks at this game. You're going to have Peyton Manning in it, Tony Dungy they had back at Raymond James Stadium, and uh, that was obviously a very iconic game for many reasons for Colts fans so really looking forward to chatting with Lair about that the Colts production team has done a wonderful job with these kind of deeper in-depth pieces at specific you know draft picks or players or games in this case so really looking forward to that conversation. I don't know, do, do you remember anything about I do. that?
1: Yeah, I, when we were going to have uh, Lera on, I went back and I just re- I kind of refreshed my memory, yeah. if you will, on that game. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. down
2: 35-14 with five minutes to go, fresh off of a Peyton Manning pick 6 to. Ronde Barber. Um, Larry was mentioning there's a great s- kind of scene on the sidelines of, you know, Tony Dungy wanting to pull the starters at that point and Tom Mora kind of saying to him, no, 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 give us one more chance. Brad Pyatt returns the ensuing kickoff 90 yards with five minutes to go in the game. Nothing like the 90 yard kick return down 21 with five minutes to go. And that started it all and, and just a. A wild game, and obviously a Dungey going back to Tampa, where he had just been fired. You had plenty of University of Miami connections. Reggie Wayne telling sure. Warren Sapp at halftime, "We're going to come back in this game." Warren Sapp laughing at him. Uh, Peyton said that you know he he, he woke up or got got home. What had that have been Tuesday morning after Monday Night Football? Dialed up the old voicemail on the home phone and had voicemails from people here in Indy saying, "Hey, tough loss, man. Don't worry about it. You're going to bounce back next week." Uh, little did they know if they would have stayed up, they would have seen such a hasto- next message. historic comeback.
1: <laughs> you have 42 unplayed messages. That seems ancient. It, it does. It's 20 seems, years ago. I, I know, but it seems that seems more ancient than looking at the video and photos of Warren Sapp and Martin Gramatica and Peyton Manning and Vander Jack well, and everybody
2: else. Tampa Bay's leading rusher in that game. Oh, who was it? War Dunn? The father of the Colts' top wideout right now makes all
1: the sense in the world. It's before Michael fantasy football,
2: Pittman Senior with over a hundred yards in that game. Ken Dilger, former Colts tight end, was the leading pass catcher for the Bucks in that game. So, looking forward to that conversation uh, coming up here. Uh, we'll do that to close out the show.
1: Yeah, I, just quickly for me before we get to our first break. I, I just yeah, I know you want to talk about the Titans and Colts and and you know at one point. Indianapolis had won sixteen to seventeen in this series. Did and Andrew was, Luck never lose? Uh, to yeah, him? I mean it was very it was very last Uh did or something. Uh, and lately, the Colts have not been the team that has been holding up their end of all of this. And as we transition, you know, yesterday and today, and obviously coming up tomorrow on a football Friday here on the Fan, and we continue to talk uh, about this game. It's like I don't feel good about it from a Colt standpoint, but there is the whole Ryan Tannehill thing, and it's just it's just so interesting. Last week KB you're like don't let Matthew Stafford be a Hall of Famer. Okay. Well, Ryan Tannehill is not a Hall of Famer. He's not gonna be up for contention. Like we understand that, but it's like don't let them having Ryan Tannehill, you know, don't 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 let them get away with that. That's almost how I feel. Yeah, and the Titans are an odd team. A close win, a close loss, a blowout win, a blowout loss. They're two and two. Awful like, on the road, great at awful home. Awful on the road, great at home. Uh obviously, you know, the Colts haven't won in Lucas Oil since the French and Indian War. I think I've Used that term a couple different times. So that is out there. And as we go today, you know, I thought there was a lot of good Shane Steichen sound from yesterday's availability. And so a couple things that I want to hit on as That's we That's a serious
2: comment, by I, way. I
1: well, I mean, Shane Steichen said yesterday that JT knows the offense. And we talked about this yesterday of giving that everything is, you know, there's a lot of zone reads, and it's not just, hey, we're gonna line up traditional football, Big Ten Iowa football, the quarterback's gonna be under. Center He's going to turn around. He's going to hand it to the running back for three and a half, four yards. You know that is not the Shane Steichen offense. Um, but if J T. has been around the team, he's a smart dude. I don't know. I sit here today at seven ten, and I'm even like not forceful. I'm not predicting he's going to play, but I almost would not understand if he doesn't play. Uh, if he knows the playbook, if he's around this week, what about if, the
2: physical element? Well,
1: if Steichen believes that he that that he's ready to go practice wise. And, and that's the one thing we don't know. Again, I believe myself. I am in the majority, KB. That I just kind of feel like he's ready to go. That it was a hold in. That if he got a three-year, sixty-million-dollar deal or whatever from anybody, that he would be out there playing football. He got the first four weeks to, you know, maybe cooler heads prevailed. I want to get into as well. Stephen Holder with us, and last night on Sports Center on ESPN uh, expounded on how things are better between the two. Between JT and his relationship with the Colts. So those are my main things today but if the relationship's better if he knows the offense if he's back at practice, if he's been in those meetings going back to the offseason, I'm not saying he's got to play 90% of the snaps but to have him involved in the offense in some way even if it were to be a decoy, uh, I think there is value there. So it's not a prediction. His body, his health, how he is picking up on things. If he's out there today and tomorrow and there's, you know, some sort of nagging injuries, not feeling 100%, then obviously that changes things. But uh, what's being said, I almost sit back and say, um, why would he not be available for uh 15 snaps for 7 carries for 8 carries or something like that. So that's a story we can continue talking about as we get ready for Sunday and listen, we're not going to know until Sunday.
2: We're not, right? Yeah, well it's Saturday you got to make a roster move. So you, you would have to show your cards at, a little bit at right. that point Friday or, or or Saturday you would have to make a corresponding roster move. Again, I have kind of been to the boat of I think it's unlikely he plays, but I will say this, I maybe have softened that stance a little bit. As the week has moved along, I I still see a little bit more positives and just let's get you know, a full week of practice in for the guy. I mean, I remember Zach Moss talking back at the start of the season and someone asking him, oh, you know, you missed a month, but it wasn't a lower body injury, so your conditioning's good, right? And he just kind of laughed, like, <laughs> no, man. Can like, you run with not... a broken
1: arm? What can you do
2: <laughs> and not do with a broken arm? He did say had to take Football about a player. week or two off, but again, this is the unknown with Taylor. It's how much he's had to do and has he strapped on pads in these workouts and, you know, has he been hit in these workouts, anything like that. Um, should we be mad at Major League Baseball?
1: No, I'm not mad at Major League Baseball, but it is funny that all the series are were dogs. So you are not <laughs> mad at Major League Baseball. Can, <laughs> can I be mad
2: at Major League Baseball?
1: Why? You want them just to do the 163 and forget about the best of three? So we just had
2: four wild card series, right? as Andy said, best of three series, and all four of them ended after two games. 2-0 sweeps in each of the four. You know what that means. What
1: what we're going to have some days off now where there's no baseball?
2: We don't have any alternative to Bears Commanders tonight. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. That's true. Yeah.
3: That's it. I mean, I, I, not even a Twins
2: and Blue Jays. Just give us one. Right. Twins and Blue Jays I, at 8 15. I would have taken Joel right. Erickson's Brewers against the Diamondbacks yeah, well, for all I care. I mean, like Erickson said he was nervous. So we get no yeah. flip over. We, we have nothing. What? What's our Thursday night college game? Are we really Bears Commanders? Oh, there's there's got to
1: be a Thursday night game. There's always a Thursday night game. I'll look it up. And it's by not the time 25, team. I think I'm taking the Bears tonight. What are you doing with your life? We have Liberty know? and Sam Houston. Liberty's 4-0. Sam Houston is 0-4. That spreads three touchdowns. If we have Western Kentucky and Louisiana oh Tech. What? Is Jack
2: Doyle you know, running
1: a Corvette out there to
2: midfield to oh, you know, start man. the game? Western Kentucky has a nice quarterback. I Shout can't out remember. to Hugh Davis and the Louisiana Tech. What's their nickname? It's always weird. Uh, Louisiana Tech. What's
1: the, the Bulldogs. Is that what it is? Yes, it is. Well, I'm looking at ESPN.com.
2: Oh, they had a weird They're three one. They're 3-3 on the season. There.
1: So that's our alternative. Those are the alternatives. So I'm mad at Major League Baseball. Well, that's fine. Are those alternatives, don't we like football, though, better than
2: baseball? Like, don't people want to see Sam would Houston State? I think a winner take or... all Major League Baseball game <laughs> to advance would be a decent alternative when Mark's Bears get into primetime. No, I believe in the Bears. They're going to make it a game well into the second quarter tonight. Uh, the Colts Titans line, by the way, taken quite a shift here in the last 24 hours. Something to touch on as well. I am Kevin Bowen. and he is Andy Sweeney. Mark Dykton preparing himself to watch his Bears tonight. You, watch,
3: you watch preseason Mavericks Timberwolves in Abu Dhabi. That's on at noon today.
2: I thought, yeah, I thought I saw nice. that it was a very early. What uh, kind of stream
1: do I have to have to be able to get that? What what nine subscriptions do, do I probably? need? Is League that, is that out on Bally? Yeah. They're going to get me for 20 bucks a month. It's a matter
2: of when. When do I give in? It's going to be in October. Good Thursday morning to you again. I'm Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton. You are listening right here on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan.
0: The Morning
2: Checkdown.
0: Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
1: All right, your morning check down, hanging out with you on a Thursday. We'll get to the football. Week 5 of the NFL season does begin, but KB let down by Major League Baseball. All the series go 2-0. We have no Brewers and Diamondbacks to flip to, uh, so shame on everybody there. Phillies winners last night, uh, 7-1. Diamondbacks winners, 5-2. Twins, 2 nothing over the Blue Jays. Boy, Blue Jays, what did they score? One run in two games in 18 innings. Good showing from them. For the
2: Twins fan base um,
1: and the Rangers just sweeping up the Rays seven to one. The Rays had like 20, 21,000 in change, so they had a few more thousand that they had, that they had the night before. It's ridiculous. That sets up Minnesota at Houston, Philadelphia at Atlanta, Arizona uh, begins in L.A. and the Rangers in Baltimore. No games tonight. No games on Friday, all the games on Saturday. So Major League Baseball doesn't play on Thursday or Friday, but they play in the middle of a college football Saturday.
2: <laughs> Again, makes absolutely <laughs> zero sense. Uh, all right, the injury report for the Colts yesterday. Again, just a walkthrough. So this was an estimation if they would have practiced. Their first actual practice of the week will be today. Uh, but it was a lengthy injury report. On the did not participate or would not participate list, you have Mo to Force Buckner, Tyquan Lewis, Quidipe, Bernard Ryman, Quentin Nelson, Shaquille Leonard. So the first time we've seen Shaq on the injury report this year, that was due to a groin injury. Again, Pay and Ryman both in concussion protocol. We saw Buckner last week, Andy, a back and a mm-hmm. groin injury, limited him to 20 snaps. It's listed as just a back injury right now. Uh, now, the good news on the injury report, two things. One, As expected, Jonathan Taylor was a full participant. Again, the practices mean more than walkthrough, of course. But how about Ryan Kelly? He was full yesterday. Now, again, we have seen him participate last week, Wednesday, Thursday, in full practices. So, certainly, you, you still need to see him get through that aspect of the concussion protocol. This is now week three for him. But it appears there is a chance Ryan Kelly could play on Sunday. And also, and I kind of think this is important to do after each game whenever guys leave a game but do go back in i'm kind of curious is that just kind of in-game adrenaline getting them through it we saw zaire franklin and alec pierce both exit sunday neither of them on the injury report they both did go back in the game but just some things to double check when you get to um the first practice of the week so yeah good news on that front there
1: Yeah, just quickly, and again, week five of the NFL season tonight, Bears on the road uh, in Washington. Will they fire their coach and everybody else if the Chicago Bears lose? They have the long week. What, so, the is week that and the thought?
2: If, if they yeah.
1: lose,
3: Iberflus is well,
1: done? That, well, that's one of the things that ESPN Radio led with at like 6.05 a.m. today. That's
3: been w- some rumbling.
1: Yeah, in would Chicago. they? Uh, I think Mark mentioned it Tuesday oh, or Wednesday. You know, yeah, would they. Don't you want know, to see his
2: wife's social media if that happens. Kind of,
1: kind of clear. The staff. The problem is, you still have like the D. Uh, well, the DC left, the OC, and all these other guys who are on the staff. So it's not like you've got uh, scapegoats available. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are scapegoats available. Sure, you could pull a Tom Allen, Walt Bell. You could do that, but it's also not like Mark can't just wait to see there's some hidden young gem on the coaching staff that he wants to take over for the last few weeks.
2: At least <laughs> that's the way I see it. I'm trying to think of last year. Did the Colts go back to back? Marcus Brady one week. Was it Frank Reich the next week, or do we have a two week? Span from was Marcus close Brady together. to yeah. Frank Reich, yeah, the scapegoats didn't last very <laughs> long on West Fifty Sixth Street. Last and honestly, year- if
3: you're if you're about to get fired, it, it, well, if you don't win against, I mean, you're going to get fired anyway, right? I mean, look at his record over the last year and a half. Yeah, I'm taking the Bears. I'm taking the Bears tonight. You taking the Ever. Bears straight up, or yeah. are you taking them no, with the well, number? I, I think I'm gonna need some of those points. Just, just give me your money. I'll take it. Is it You're Sam Howell? It down the yes. It is. Of course, it's Sam
1: Howell, Howell. Who else, Sam Howell. Who else
3: would it be? Washington's favored by hey, don't
1: six. Don't sleep by on the way.
2: Jacoby Brissett. I don't know. I thought Sam Howell might have been banged up or something. <laughs> uh, yes, and again, I'm mad at Major League Baseball, as Andy pointed out early on. None of those series go to a third game. That means the standalone National slot tonight on Amazon, of course, is Bears and Command. Two
3: behemoths. Game of the year. What are you talking about?
2: Two behemoths. Al Michaels is is just
3: going to be pissed off. I was going to say, this is Al Al Michaels' last game,
2: I'm sure. If I'm not mistaken, this is week five, right, of the NFL season? Yeah, Was week five last year (laughs) Thursday night football? Was that not Colts Broncos I think it was oh was it Colts Broncos uh-huh. the one primetime game the Colts I was got screaming at my TV
3: end this game already like I was I so think there mad. was a
2: point in the game where I forget if it was Michaels saying to herb Street or herb Street saying to Michaels something to the effect of like man this has been a competitive entertaining game and the other one just being like don't lie. Yeah, well and you don't he need to in his face. Yeah, yeah don't, like don't lie. About. People like you don't
1: you don't lie to men, women, and children watching the game. They know 12-9, a twelve. 12-9 in case
2: people needed to remember. <laughs>
1: that Alec Pierce one. your leading wide receiver in that game, uh, with eighty yards. Just quickly two college basketball nuggets before we dive back in. Uh Logan Duncomb remember him? Former Indiana player? Uh he's quit basketball. He's at Xavier, I believe, right now, or is he somewhere else? I don't know. He's at yeah, he's uh, from the Cincy area. Yeah, Big he's fr- dude he's from the the Cincy area, tons of injuries um, when he was at IU. Yeah, so he he's done and with
2: illnesses. Yeah, he's and, yeah. gonna
1: stay there enrolled, but he's you know walking away from basketball. And then you know I love to give these little updates. My man Woody sending a full staff to go see five star guard Boogie Flan. So there Boogie. you go. He's sending everybody. He's taking
2: the entire staff with him. IU fans are pretty optimistic about that one, right? Uh,
1: That's an IU versus maybe Kentucky, which is fun on many different levels. You know,
2: I remember saying this in all seriousness when Jalen Hood declared for the draft and obviously he got drafted by the Lakers. You know, that is such an important part of now recruits being even more attracted to to Indiana and Mike Woodson. Obviously, you have the Carmelo, you have the NBA background, all of that. But if you have a guy, because I don't think this time last year we thought Jalen hood Shafino slam dunk, one and done, top 20 pick. And yet, that's what he ended up being. And I do think that is attractive for Mike Woodson as he uh, pursues what could be you know, a pretty loaded 2024 recruiting <laughs> They're class.
0: leaving. The Broncos fans are bailing. They've had enough. It's 9-9. They're like, the heck with it. I'm out. Yep.
2: I'm out of here. It's 9-9. Was that really Herb Street's (laughs) voice? Yeah. Sounded like he had maybe, you know, founded a dispensary or two before the game <laughs> well, starts. five
3: seconds left in the fourth quarter. 9-9, nine, nine, and in droves, Broncos fans are leaving. It probably... The honestly, anniversary of that, the, by
2: the way, is tomorrow. The, the, October 6th. The marijuana smoke,
3: year. probably, it
1: all goes up into the press area. <laughs> Boomer Esiason told a story that he was doing a game in New England, and a guy was smoking right there below them where they were calling the game for Westwood 1, and like, second quarter, they're like, wait a minute, I, we're feeling something.
2: The ganja's alive. <laughs> Live and well out in my high. Spark up tonight for Bears. <laughs> We're gonna need that tonight to make it through Bears and Commanders. All right, on the other side, is this a rivalry? I think in the eyes of the big man, it certainly is. Curious how Colts fans feel about it. We'll dive more into the Colts and Titans matchup again. That line has shifted a bit here in the last 24 hours. What do you make of that? We'll do that next here. It's a wake up call with KB and Andy on 93.5 107.5 The Fan.
4: So yesterday. I- Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips.
1: I guess JMV was at the dentist. Were you? Uh, were you aware of this? Wow. Oh yeah, you were on with Derek. Of yeah, course, I was on with Derek. I did not know why that.
2: John was out. That like, sounds
1: horrific. He put it in his teaser, so that means it was probably something bad, right? Like that's scary. So much that you're there for hours and you have to be there during your radio program. Uh, but Derek Schultz filled in, and so I knew I've known Schultz from years ago, right? Talking great some, some Colts, and and I love Derek Schultz, and he did a fine job. Uh, So, I was just going to be the nice guy, and I was listing yesterday outside doing some things. And, you know, in-laws in town, I was cleaning up the Blackstone grill from the move and everything. You got to do that. Well, again, taking advantage of the 70, 80-degree weather, KB. And I text Derek Schultz: Hey, man, hope you're doing well. Uh, uh, You know, great. Listen, you know, our Yankees suck, but not as much as the Giants. Hashtag cold winter. Okay. And so I sent him that, uh, and I never got an answer back. So, so I had the wrong number for Derek Schultz. Ooh. So someone with a three one seven number, someone in Indianapolis. Let me and, forward you Derek's contact. Well, I, I that, had the right one. Oh, I, I yeah. had an I had two numbers for him, and Got for it. some reason, I knew I had the wrong number when it was green. It wasn't the iPhone blue, and I'm like, Derek Schultz is a great man. There's no way he's carrying some Android, you know, phone around. Not in this studio.
2: Not in the drivehuber studio. You understand me? Well, that's a uh, so. that's a bit awkward. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) if we would have got to a Giants game and all of a sudden you're cussing about Evan Neal which we may get
1: to that sound later on so someone in the area if you're listening and you got a great listen hope you're doing well our Yankees suck go ahead and call in I would love to talk to you because uh, and I'm sorry that I messaged you sir this is a pizza hut what are you texting me for
2: Andy, I don't know if Colts fans feel this way, but Jim Ursay I think, certainly does. And I think he looks at Sunday as that's the biggest rival uh, for the Colts right now. And I think it honestly is a little personal for Ursay in that the Colts had dominated Tennessee for so long in this division, uh, certainly through the Andrew Luck era. And then really everything has kind of changed in the Chris Ballard slash Frank Reich era. Um, the Titans have won 8 of 12 since Ballard became GM. And then if you look a little bit more recent, Tennessee's won 5 straight in this matchup. I mean, 5 straight is a pretty notable number. And I think what really frustrates Ursay is this. Tennessee is built how Indianapolis wants to be built. In a little bit more trench run game focus. Not everything necessarily centered around the quarterback position. Now, obviously, the Colts have maybe changed their tune a little bit on that. And the Titans have tried. I mean, they put big-time picks the last two years
1: in Malik Willis uh, Willis and and Will Levis. Yeah, but still. Neither guy can play.
2: The core construction is around a running back and around a run game. And, and, and again, defensive trench play and, and all of that. And, you know, when you think of Mike Vrabel specifically... I think back to the 2018 head coaching search for the Colts. And early on in that search, it was, okay, Matt Nagy, uh, okay, Josh McDaniels, and then a couple curveballs of like, hey, what about Mike Vrabel? And, you know, at the time, I don't think Vrabel was like a... (sighs) Household, you know, he wasn't the D'Amico Ryan's of last year's head coaching class, or the Sean Payton of last year's head coaching class. Uh, and then Matt Rule was the real big curveball that Chris Bauer threw in there as an interview candidate. But I think what, again, in particular frustrates Ursa is instead of hiring Vrabel, they hired Josh McDaniels. And the egg on the face of that. And now, if you look at how the last you know six years have transpired, Tennessee still has Vrabel. They have easily been the most consistent division team in that stretch. Granted, the bar is set pretty low. And the Colts are now on their fourth head coach since that process um, happened. And, and I think that is where he looks at this. And last year, um, you know, he undressed his scouting department and very, very unhappy after losing to Tennessee, being swept by Tennessee for a second straight season. So um, I know it doesn't have maybe New England venom to it or Brady and Belichick venom to it, but when you talk about a team in your division that's bullied you over the last handful of years, you think about the Vrabel connection to it, how they're built, how you want to be built, I think in Ursay's eyes, Andy, this is one, particularly at home, when you haven't won a home game in a year this is the one Jim circles more than any other on the schedule. So, uh,
1: knowing we're going to talk about this, uh, my buddy Jared Stillman does, uh, sports radio does the afternoon show for the ESPN affiliate and I ask him, hey uh, is this a rivalry? And he says "The fans absolutely it is he believes, and it's understandably so because of the Oilers that the Houston area, that the Texans and Titans has probably more bad blood that if you ranked them they would have the Colts below the Texans because of the past and because of those things, but he'd have it probably right there at second. You know, the thing about it I guess my question for you would be uh, two things: Is it a rivalry? It absolutely, it, it absolutely is. Is it a second-tier rivalry in the NFL? Isn't that the yeah, I, It's I not Bears-Packers. Like, it's not Cowboys no, 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 and no, no. you know Eagles or yeah. something like that. Uh, but you know, and obviously the Titans haven't been around as long as the Cowboys or Eagles or Packers or something like that. But can it be a second-tier one? It absolutely can. And you know, it has even more. I don't know if it's desperation, but there is a sense of hey we need to get back to winning and that's the Colts and that's also because last year you know the Titans were seven and ten they're two and two couple couple okay wins a couple you know blow you know a couple yeah, blowout loss early on this season and you know what kills me about it is you're right I mean you the the, the variable thing you know 2019 they're nine and seven but they make that run to the AFC championship game and then 2020 and 2021 were damn good seasons for the Tennessee Titans Uh, And so, you know, sandwiched in there a couple whatever years. And right now, I mean, I don't think by, you know, I pick them to win the South. I don't feel good about them winning the South. I just don't know. Yes, you're right. The egg on the face of Josh McDaniels is, and then Vrabel's hired, and that could tie these teams together even more. I don't know. I don't know the Titans what they are. Does that make sense? And like, like, I feel like with the Colts, I mean, with Anthony Richardson, I know the way they want to be. With Shane Steichen, I think I know what they want to do. I don't know if tennis—I mean, I know you mentioned trench play with the Titans. You're exactly right. I just don't know what else they are, right? I mean well, they gave, they're in the they awkward gave A.J. Stage. I mean, they gave A.J. Brown away, who's right. one of the best But receivers. then they go out and get
2: DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they're At in a very— Burks. Yeah, and they haven't—they've obviously held on to Henry— um, they're in that weird stage of like, yeah. The are they good? Are they not good? What are they? But are they going youth or are they still thinking yeah. they have a chance? Like, and again, I guess in the AFC South, <laughs> you are not mm. far away from having a chance. And I think we forget at times too. You know, Tennessee they had what a fourth quarter lead on Jacksonville in the season finale last year. They could have won the division easily. That was a winner take all game to win the division. You know, they've drafted quarterbacks in you know rounds two and three each of the last two years. So you know, when are they moving on from Tannehill? Um, You know, Chris mentions, for me, the Titans have always been a big rival ever since Brady left the Pats. They're now number one. Anthony adds, in my opinion, the Titans are the Colts' biggest rivalry within the division, dating back to the Manning era. You could go way back. I mean, you could go back to 99, Andy? When Eddie George ran all over the Colts in the playoff game here, and Bill Polian was very frustrated by the amount of Titans fans that were, you know, inside of the RCA Dome for that game. So I do think there is a little, maybe the proximity aids in it, and like that is a very drivable road game for each fan base there. Um, and now it's probably the time for the Colts to do their heavy lifting. Like if you look at the next two weeks, at Jacksonville next week means more than Tennessee on Sunday. If you strictly want to go off of division ranking here in 2023. You've already lost to Jacksonville. You haven't already lost to Tennessee. You, you you can't afford a division sweep to. I think the team that still people would view as the favorite in the Jags, but if you asked Ursay, I think he would maybe point more towards Tennessee. I get you haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. So next week we're going to be doing the same song and dance with a similar, you know, drought, but considering the five straight against Tennessee, Considering you haven't won a home game and, you know, now it's 350-some days, uh, I think this one probably means more to the owner. Uh, again, a, a shifting of the line. The Colts were a slight favorite when we spoke to you guys yesterday. They now are, I thought I saw, a one-and-a-half-point underdog. What do you—like, I, I, you know, to some people, that, that they might be like, who cares? The line has shifted two to three points. That's a significant amount in Vegas lingo. Why do you think that is? Strictly Uh, the injury report?
1: Because well, the injury report and also because probably, you know, gamblers are starting to look at games early in the week. That would be that would be my thing, you know, going into the middle of the so week. So people are betting a lot yeah, on th- Tennessee. That's what I think. People who don't wait until Saturday or Sunday morning, you know, a lot of times I'll wait until Sunday morning to throw a couple bets down. Well, the people that love a game, they're gonna do that on Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. By the way, can I just throw this out? I was wondering, do I wait till Friday to bring this up? Mike Vrabel, do you guys remember what were you guys doing in twenty twenty? Do you remember what
3: you were doing three years ago?
2: Oh, unfortunately. Probably hiding at home. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> oh,
1: what a uh, great point. Yeah. Rosie was exactly. born in June. We were all so scared to death. That's little, exactly right. We had, we
2: had a COVID birth. But no, we were, I mean, we were coming in here doing the show on a yeah. on okay. well, basis. In in 2020, do you remember what Mike Vrabel said?
3: That he'd cut his
1: junk Th- off? There we go. I knew somebody. If they won
2: the Super Bowl, right? If
1: they won the Super Bowl, yeah. that he would cut uh, it off. And if you remember, they got to... What did they get to in 2020? They got Is that to- when they were the one seed and they bowed out. Yeah, it's the one seed and they bowed out to Bengals, the Baltimore right? Ravens. Ravens, yeah, to the. Did <laughs> they lose a home game to Cincinnati one year or two? I mean, come on. Part of you, do the Colts fans think, hey, you know what? What Mike did Frable they- has the look of a man that I feel
2: like <laughs> his junk might grow back.
1: You're exactly right. Well, like I
2: don't a- know if that's a politically correct statement. Yeah, and I don't know if I should have said that, but I don't know. He just kind of has the look of a guy that. You know, somehow. Like a, if, like a flower. If it just, like a, you know, snip, 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 <laughs> and all of a sudden you'd wake up the like next morning and, and there it is. <laughs> skin and
1: it would start to get sure. back. Mm-hmm. Again, probably a Friday conversation, but. Probably they, not a 743 no, conversation. But every single time I think of Mike Vrabel, I think of that. So the Colts in 2021. Boy, that's quite the image. A, yeah. So the Colts had a good year in 2020. Otherwise. Uh, you know, making the postseason. That's their last win over the Titans, right? Uh, yes, I believe it is. I'm looking down here. Da, 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 da. Uh, they lost 45-26, but they came back a couple weeks later and they won 34-17. That was with Phillip Rivers and company. Uh, but if the Colts were bad that year, could KB root for, could a younger Kevin Bowen root for the for, for the Titans to, to you know, to, to at least be in the Super
2: Bowl so that would be a conversation oh, yeah. piece for two weeks with Mike Vrabel? I felt like we had a point in time. This maybe would be when, you know, last year, remember, they fired their GM, John Robinson, like oh, yeah. midseason. It was a very oh, yeah. I- interesting move. All of a sudden, now Vrabel seemingly has even more control Jay AJ Brown was catching 11 passes a sure. game for the Philadelphia Eagles. I feel like we had like a, I don't know, maybe it was a one-day period where Ohio State fans were like, we're firing Ryan Day and we're hiring yeah, Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel. And I was like, I, oh, I, my God, wait, I, wait I, is this going to happen? Yeah, but also, like, an NFL job is better than a college job. Well, yes. You you don't have to worry about recruiting, you know... You can't tell that. In Dayton, Ohio. Passionate fan bases. Again, Derrick Henry, obviously the big challenge coming up on Sunday. Uh, Andy, an absolute freak. I mean, he just continues. I I thought when he had the foot injury here at Lucas Oil a couple years ago and missed all that time after it, I'm like, is this finally going to be him being a human? Like, Is he finally not going to be a robot? And sure enough, he continues to defy the odds. Uh, In the last eight matchups of this series, Derrick Henry has been over 100 yards in seven of the eight. And I think what's interesting to point out, unquestionably, Andy, the best quality of the Chris Ballard era has been the Colts' run defense. They have been a stout run defense team pretty much year in and year out. And yet, Henry has chewed up the Colts really right up there with any other team in the league. And, you know, again, it's Derrick Henry. He's a great runner. But if you compare the Colts to the other 31 teams in the league and what they've done against Henry, they've been one of the poor units. Um, I think I was looking up earlier in the week. Henry averages over five yards per carry against five teams in the league. Everybody else is four or lower. The Colts are one of those five. So he's had a lot of success um, against Indianapolis, it's seemingly, it's just like a methodical 100 yards, if that makes sense. I feel like I haven't seen like a lot of 60-yard runs from Henry, because he is capable of that, but it just... You, you, you wake up in the fourth quarter, five minutes to go, and you're like, wait, does he really have 21 for 110? Do you
1: think in in a moment of clarity that the defensive backs, specifically them, I guess we could throw in the linebackers, but they're much bigger men, that the defensive backs for the Colts are wondering, am I going to be the one that gets trucked on
2: Sunday? <laughs> they're like, wait, I just watched what Mo Cox did yeah. to the poor defensive backs of the Rams. Yeah, I... But I will give credit to a guy like Julian Blackman. I, I can distinctly remember in these matchups, Jul- Julian Blackman being a guy that has come up to the line of scrimmage and made some big plays against Henry. But that, that's a big part of it. I mean, your DBs have got to get him down. Because in a way, there's a little bit of a Jonathan Taylor element. If you let Henry get to the second level, I mean, he can rev it up. And you know, it's not maybe four 40-yard dash speed, but it is a rumbling uh, down the field. So certainly that storyline... Will be a big one with DeForest Buckner a little banged up, with Quitty Pay a little banged up, with Tyquan Lewis a little bit banged up. Obviously, a key one anytime this matchup now, appears on the screen. Now, the other thing with Derrick Henry is he is part of the uh, what
1: one of the more legendary photos in college football history, where he is standing at midfield before what the national title game, and, and he, he's uh, in his uniform looking huge, and Mark Ingram is in his uh, uh, Letterman jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Looking looked small. like he
2: had eaten Mark Ingram, right? <laughs> Mark Ingram looked so tiny. Derrick Henry, it's... probably another one. If he decided to cut off, you know where, it'd probably yeah. grow back. Wasn't Derrick Henry one of the
1: first ones where, say, where people were like, Why, where is Saban getting these dudes from? Like, like how is he recruiting all these guys? And like, my team doesn't look like his team. Was what it the Henry
2: hell? or am I thinking of another Alabama Bo running back? Remember Bo Scarborough yeah, had I, some of that as well? I'm trying to think of the one that hurdled the Notre Dame defender in one of the national title oh, Playoff games was it T.J. Yeldon? It, it probably was, but T.J. Yeldon. Yeah, I mean, he was big, but he wasn't
1: like, you know, he was like a normal size running back. I don't know. I guess Bo Scarborough and Derrick Henry for me were like, yeah, that guy's a defensive end. That should that guy should be a five star D lineman, and he's playing running back. So uh, the the thing you can't do on Sunday if you're the Colts. Is you can't let Derrick Henry complete that jump that jump pass in the end zone. It that really can't. bothered you from it, last it, it week. Didn't really it really bothered me because you I, I saw that live. I forget who who did they even play last week. Now the Titans. I need to bring that up because they lost. Well, Yeah, of course Smoked the Bengals. Twenty seven. And three. I'm like, come on, Bengals. Could you be that bad? You know when they put him in the shotgun there and they leak out these tight ends and nobody knows. You know what they're gonna do? Okay. You know they're gonna do the jump pass. He's done it six, seven times in his career. Come on.
2: I've got come a. I do have one issue, and when this game appears on the schedule, I've got one Chris Ballard issue that I would like to get to. Maybe we can do that in the 8 o'clock hour when it revolves Colts and Titans here of recent. Uh, Do we care about Cowboys 49ers? Is this the first regular season game that we've really cared about in this NFL season? I don't know if Bill's Dolphins had that last week for you. I think Bill's Dolphins was... Go- yeah, Bill's I, Dolphins had that for me last week. I live in such a centric bubble each week that it's kind of hard sure. for me to go there. And maybe the 1 o'clock games, it's hard to kind of multitask, but... Sunday night football, we get Cowboys 49ers? That, yeah, I think as far is that that yeah, as that appointment tells us,
3: Sunday night football, it's the best one they've had. Yeah, primetime
2: games have been so
1: substandard because they went all in on the New York teams, right? Didn't they? I mean, they went in, they went all in, and then uh, you know teams like the Bears, they have to play one game. In prime time, so you get them tonight. No, I think I think Niners Cowboys is probably right now, especially with like New England stinking it up. But again, I mean New England Dallas that was supposed to be a big game. New England and the Jets that was supposed to be a big game. It's probably a game that's as focused in on as the as since the opening night, right? Is it not? I think that's fair. Since you had Aaron Rodgers in the Bills, yeah. That's probably. Where I mean, we're going to say
2: maybe Chiefs Lions just because it was the opener and you know how that game played out. But and, yeah.
1: and it's the stadium where you're going to see the most fights, which is always fantastic. Uh, the one o'clock game now was ravens Steelers. At one point, I mean that that game always has a ton of pop to it. I don't know. I don't think too much of the Steelers. And you know, Maserati Mitch is going to be at quarterback. Kenny Pickett's not that good. I kind of think the Niners do the Cowboys dirty.
2: Have I missed it? Have we not had a viral Lucas Oil Stadium fight video? Not that I know of. So good job, everybody. How do you look at that? Do you look at us as our fan base is mature or (laughs) our fan base is not tough enough? I I think the
3: the only one I saw last year was outside of like, uh, was it the liquor store? What was it called? A well, oh, so slippery the, the, noodle the, tavern on South. Oh, trying to think the of the areas around Tiki the Bob's. Oh, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. and there is a lot of things. A, I think the back
2: alley. A few kids have been conceived. <laughs> There's a lady
3: with a uh, a loose fitting shirt. and Let's just say uh, it was not very safe for work. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Was she okay. fighting? Yes. Or,
1: or was her man fighting I think it was in her honor? Preseason
3: game. I could be wrong. Uh, uh, that, that's wow. That's the bottom
1: of the barrel, right? How dare you say my man's not going to
3: make the team? Yeah.
1: We've got Matt Ryan. We're fine. No, it's good. You that means you can take your kids to a to an NFL game in so Indianapolis. So it's a good thing we haven't seen the I, I, Lucas
2: Oil I, I, viral f- fights. There's
1: a you're probably thinking, what the hell? Andrew we Sw- have. A, I mean, the Colts haven't won a home game in in, in, well, in a year. Maybe something needs to change. Maybe if Jonathan Taylor doesn't play and they lose on Sunday, maybe it boils over. What would that be? Eight in a row at Lucas Oil instead of Blue showing off an
2: incredible arm to throw the ball into that big tube in the end zone, which I think <laughs> Steve Smith actually converted uh, last week. League Blue seemingly really? does it every single week. Maybe we need to get Blue in section 532 in the Bud Light zone and break up a fight. Who's the Who's doing the Anvil? Do we have any idea? Is that well, like the at some list, point I don't know. So like, who's was, on the list? It was Jarius Walker, right? Yeah, that was him. It was him and, and last week. You had week. McAfee in the opener. I always right. feel like the Anvil list looks something like this each year. It's like, okay, McAfee is obviously an an, an absolute must, uh, right? Right. right. Uh, you you always have like random pacer player, and, sure. And, and you have that in some way, shape, or form. You'll get Joe Wrights and Bill Brooks in there, okay? Uh, you know, local legends and people that are still in this market. Got to have
1: JMV one day. Well, you know?
2: maybe maybe week, I don't know uh, if we're there. Maybe uh, week fifteen. JMV Slide out in there. like a military representative <laughs> when we get to oh, military the month of November. Okay. Certainly. On that, um, maybe a cancer survivor, and I say sure. that I
1: say that because I know the NFL. I know they do breast October, cancer right? awareness. Yeah, it's coming I don't up. Know, probably maybe that'll
2: be Sunday, and then you probably get like Olympian
1: with local ties. Or also say, is there a musician around here that I need to know of? Like- I feel like
2: they just slide in for the national anthem.
1: Okay. Okay, but yeah. that's
2: usually I feel like I could map out the Anvil schedule on a year in right, year out right. basis. Right. All right. Uh, McAfee, uh, maybe Jack Doyle, if he if you would like. You no, know, he's got a young child. Maybe not. Uh, let's get a Pacers player again. Military breast cancer survivor. Uh, Blue. When, when things are going, you know, <laughs> down a bad they, path. Yeah. In they, have, they have nobody December. else. Nobody Blue, else will show right, up. Time to bang the <laughs> Anvil here.
3: Uh, can I'm I- being corrected, by the way. It was a St. Paddy's Day fight at Brothers. <laughs> That's where it happened. How dare you, my Mark? Mistake. I I need to refresh my fight video memories. No, I think it's a
1: good thing that the Colts aren't on Instagram where you're seeing uh, where you're seeing the fights. If I had to rank them, uh, Raven Steelers would be on the short list, no doubt about it, uh, and then I think you got to go right to Cowboys Niners. I'd like to say Raiders Packers because yeah. Packer fans will be there. Go ahead and hit your sounder, uh, but we shall see. Uh, on the other end, can I play some Stephen Holder sound for you? Yeah. And can I ask you a question
2: about Jonathan Taylor? I have a question for you. Let's do that, and again, when Colts Titans show up on the schedule, schedule here recently. I've got a Chris Ballard issue. It's really not one that I've had too much of an issue with him in the last six years, but this is one that shows up and uh, certainly showed up last year as well. It is the Wake Up Call of KB and Andy here on
4: 93.5.
1: What did ESPN Stephen Holder say about Jonathan Taylor with us and on SportsCenter last night? We'll get to that here in just a second. Reminder, 8 o'clock hour, hanging out in the drive, Hubler.com studios. Scott Agnes going to join us. We'll talk some Pacers with him in about a half an hour. Uh, And then at 9 o'clock, Teron Davenport going to join us as well from ESPN. He covers the Tennessee Titans. We'll get uh, the thoughts and analysis from the team down I-65. KB before we get to this sound, uh, you also uh, have just a uh, a gripe, I guess, right, with Chris Ballard. We'll dive well, into that.
2: Yeah, is yeah. that
1: right? is a gripe? Is that the right yeah, terminology? Yeah. That's okay. So, that's a good
2: way to put it. by te- the way, Eddie Lacy was the Alabama Lacey. running back. Eddie Lacy. Uh, thank you to Brent, the YouTube chat, who brought that up. No, that was the image one. of a yeah. hurdling of a Notre Dame defender. Surprise, Mark. You have anything for Eddie Lacy? Any no. you want to take a shot at him? And no. any sort well, qualifies of way? a big bust, right?
1: 100 percent. He's a fir- pretty he heavy. He's a second
2: fir- rounder. <laughs> I think he was. Packer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> is that what I'm thinking of? I think Mark. He was going with. He was uh, not not the boy. size of him being a bust, but anyway, yes. He's I like where boy. you. I like where you took that, Mark. That mm-hmm. was funny. Uh, can I just ask? And this is ten hours ago in the Indy Star. Okay, and it might affect me because I live in Irvington, the east side of our fair city. All right. There's a monkey on the loose, KB. Yeah, Where is this I, happening? It's somewhere uh, Iron Ridge Court south of East Washington and south Midhoffer Road. Looking for some Giacomos? Okay. So uh, what do I do if, if I notice my dogs are playing with a monkey in my backyard? Who do I call? Like, honestly, who do I call if the monkey is in my garage? You just call
2: the zoo. Just straight up call the zoo. Do oh, I you, call the no, zoo? Is there animal? No. There's got to be an animal control. have been missing the walrus for over a year. Maybe the monkey can.
3: You don't know. You, you pour the monkey a PBR, and he's talk about his day.
2: So somebody really said that they observed the monkey drinking a beer? That's what they said. Yeah, I don't know that if I believe that. That sounds like my kind of monkey, by you know, the way. You know, we might not be on the map for viral in-stadium <laughs> fights, but at least we're, i mean, that is an on-the-map story yeah. that I feel like it will help us with national attention.
1: These monkeys are expensive, too. I mean, the man or woman, the family, whoever lost this, I mean, they're down— Hey, you got to think it's several thousand dollars unless they smuggled it from somewhere. Unless, you know, I mean,
3: I, I don't know where that would be. It's from Wish TV. It says, officers with the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department <laughs> are assisting Indianapolis Animal Care Services with searching for a monkey named Momo the in the Iron Gate neighborhood on the city's east side Wednesday evening. Officers were called to the area shortly after 6.30 p.m. Authorities called off the search around 8.30 and left the area. A neighbor told police they spotted the monkey drinking a beer from a garbage <laughs> can. Hell yeah. That's my kind of monkey. <laughs> It really is. I hope oh, he's getting ripped. Somewhere. we got to get a
2: picture of Mason and Momo. <laughs> I think he saw the, the sports slate today. He's like, I've got Bears, Commanders. Yeah. I'm getting hammered. Again, we are mad at Major League Baseball. We but had four d- series that could be playing oh, today. Yeah. All four of them ended last night. That means Bears, Commanders. That's it tonight. Uh, all right. Can I give you this Stephen Holder sound, and
1: then we can react? I mean, this is like it's like a minute and a half, two minutes. Is that okay? Sure. So, Holder was on with us yesterday, and if you were watching the YouTube chat, I, I kind Kind of raised my eyebrows just because he was, uh, and, and KB, maybe you said this, and I apologize, other Colts insiders, but he's like, hey, the relationship is not as bad as it was, right? I mean, I mean, that's basically what he said. That you know, the the venom behind, you know, Jonathan Taylor in the thought process that we have had, that maybe I've had, uh, fans have had, that Jonathan Taylor is not going to play, right? That this was going to get ugly, uh, that there were going to be fines, that he would never put on the blue and white. Again and run out at Lucas Oil. Uh, so let's do the clip one here, Mark. This is just him on with us yesterday talking about the change in that relationship.
5: I don't think things are as heated as they were for sure. That is definitely clear to me. I, I don't get that sense at all, and I'm talking about from from both sides. I don't know who took the first step. I can't speak to that, but. But I definitely sense that, that there has been kind of a, you know, a, a breather has been taken by the parties where it's just not as inflamed as it was Um I would say a month ago, you know, when, when this thing came to a head uh, with the the potential trade talks and and all of that, you know, it was, it was kind of at a zenith at that point, you know, Um, I, I don't think we're there at right now. That does not mean it's settled, but I'm just saying that is a difference in posture.
1: Okay, so that was yesterday with us. uh, And then he went on ESPN out in front of the complex yesterday did Stephen Holder and did a hit. And just, you know, nationally, this is a little bit more uh, general where we are with Jonathan Taylor. But he says that Jonathan Taylor is not, you know, not in a bad spot right now with the Colts.
5: So it remains unclear whether he actually rescinded that trade request. It certainly was made on the first day of training camp. But what we do know is that things between Jonathan Taylor and the Colts are vastly improved right now. I had a source tell me earlier this week that Jonathan Taylor is in a much better headspace right now, and that is allowing the situation to kind of move toward a progression where they can get on the same page, whatever that ultimately is. Whether this results in Jonathan Taylor's contract being addressed, that remains unclear, but certainly if he's going to play for the Colts, they need to be on the same page and moving forward together. You had Coach Shane Steichen this week find Taylor at length after spending weeks of avoiding the topic completely. And this week, Shane Steichen has talked effusively about, or praised him effusively, about Jonathan Taylor and talking about the kind of addition he could be. And then lastly, you heard Anthony Richardson there in that clip. Right now, the AFC South, all three teams tied at 2-2. Two and two. The Colts think there's some opportunity here, and if they can get some more explosive plays going, perhaps Jonathan Taylor could be the guy who makes the difference in this offense going to the next level. So there's a lot there, but
1: I, I just... We started the show, and I kind of said, "Okay, uh, if if he is healthy, and that's a big if, we don't know how his body's feeling. If he knows the offense and playbook, like like Shane Steichen said yesterday, uh, and you throw in, you know, the the Colts are in a two and two spot, like so many, you know, 12, 13, 14 teams are in the NFL, and then you just throw on top of it that the relationship, KB, be between the the you know the team or the coach, and you know." Obviously, Jonathan Taylor and and his people and the people there at the Colts is a lot better. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's what the four weeks was for, to have everything cool down. I don't know. Maybe Jonathan Taylor is cornered a little bit with what has happened or not happened early on in the first four weeks of the NFL season. I, I don't know. It's just like this week is the most positive and Holder's giving the most positive conversation that we've had about Jonathan Taylor in the two months that I've been here. And my response, what? I guess,
2: why? Why? What's happened here? Well, and I can't believe I'm asking for this audio, but Mark, if you don't mind, cue up an audio that you love to play. Oh, boy.
6: Are you going to abandon being a
0: Reds fan? Are you going to abandon following this team? Well, where are you going to go?
2: <laughs> where are you going to go, Jonathan? Yeah, yeah. Like, Andy, I, I, I hate to kind of boil it down to that simple of a statement, but what else can Taylor do? He has to play. He's got to play if he wants to get to free agency. If he wants to audition for the trade deadline coming up on Halloween, he's got to play. So, and... I, I don't know what else he would be doing. Like, I guess if he really, really wanted to draw the hardest of all lines in the sand, he could hold out for the rest of the season and the fines would start this week. Again, he got paid his full contract while on the pup list. And those fines would be, he would miss out on his game check, $240,000 uh, each week. And then on top of that, the Colts could find him as well. So I I think it's a little bit, Andy, of just, what else was going to happen? I still think there are tons of questions about the future for Taylor oh, sure. here in 2024. Sure. Again, and, and Stephen said this to us yesterday, you know, where are we at with the franchise tag? Is that going to be there? Um, I, I still don't think the Colts are totally all in on giving him a multi-year extension even after the season is over. And obviously that's, as what, that's what Taylor desires. And certainly he wants that money as early as possible. And again, he's frustrated the past precedent of guys in that locker room um, is not being followed with him. So I don't know if I'm all the way there and like this is all of a sudden kumbaya, everyone's holding hands, and Taylor's going to put pen to paper tomorrow on a three-year extension for X amount of money. I simply think this is a situation where finally he's got to get on the field. Point blank period. And as I said in the opening segment, to me right now, this relationship is... We are staying together for the kids. That that's what it is. I don't think this is Jonathan Taylor coming out and all of a sudden being like,
1: "Man, have I ever told you guys about how much yeah. I love Jim Irsay?" This is not love. This is uh, convenience and for the kids, like you said. This is not a blast where else going to go loving relationship. Well, I, I
2: think I I get yes, you're you're right. That that is exactly what is happening here. And I think Stephen I- would kind of go there. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily listen to Steven's comments, Andy, whether it was with us or whether it was on SportsCenter Center last night, and think that he was all of a sudden meeting that like Taylor, Ursay, and Ballard are in the basement of St. Elmo's just feet up and smoking a cigar and absolutely loving life. Like I don't necessarily think that that is what is taking place here. Last
1: time I was at St. Elmo's, Patino was there the night before. Uh, any, Anyway, I, I, for me, I'm with you, but we also have to... I mean, we lived in this world for weeks, for months, KB, that... We thought that this was going to be ugly. We thought that the in the day and age of player empowerment, Jonathan Taylor and his agent went the route of player empowerment, I'm a great player. For as long as it, they could. Yes, and it didn't work for them potentially. It didn't
2: work. It's worked for all of these now. Like it's easier in other sports. James Harden. Does Hardy. it work if he doesn't get the franchise tag next year? Does it work in that they clearly made such a stance if next offseason arrives and the franchise tag is slapped on him and it turns into Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs this past offseason or more, right. does that work?
1: Y- you can make the argument it does. I Like just, if they've li- if they've sure, eliminated that sure.
2: possibility, that's more than Barkley got, that's right. more than Jacobs got. Again, I don't know, but I would say that would be the only way I kind of view this as a what Taylor and Malkikawa did that has worked. Yeah, I just they, which we don't know. They have
1: Jonathan Taylor has to be surprised that he went down this road and it looks like his option his best option and hell maybe his only option is going to be suiting up for the Colts he could not have thought when he when he is in a, he and his agent or just his agent hatched this plan that we are going to kind of we're going to change entirely uh, the way that you're viewed JT we're going to change the way that you and the Colts relationship is going forward that we would be sitting here before either the Tennessee game this week or the Jacksonville game next week, KB, and you know, the, he would basically be cornered that this was the, this is not only the best option, but the only option. You also, two other things. You mentioned what else could he do. Um, you know, uh, yes, holding out or being injured, and I can say being injured and he's really injured and his body's not feeling the way that it should, and we know he's a fanatic when it comes to taking care of his body, or the other side of it, I guess, would be that he's quote-unquote injured, right? That it's a hold-in that, well, you know, I still have a nagging this injury, or a nagging that injury, or whatever else. The last question I have, I'm just throwing a bunch of JT stuff. My mind's been working on Jonathan Taylor. If he... I guess... Colts fans gotta be whether it's this week or next week they gotta be excited about him coming back right I mean you gotta be excited Oh, I
2: I think I mean I remember writing this after the draft Andy and I tweeted out last night the intrigue of Richardson and Taylor and now what we've seen from Moss and Zach Moss but I I focused post draft a little bit more on Richardson and Taylor right when he was drafted I thought to myself oh my gosh, the Colts are going to have one of the more dynamic rushing attacks in the NFL, period, right away. While Richardson develops as a passer, gets used to NFL life, all of those things, they should have one of the more fear. Because when you think about running quarterbacks, and I don't want to act like Richardson is just this guy that that, that tucks it 20 times a game, because that's not him, but he's obviously capable of running it. Whether it's Russell Wilson, who I wouldn't even label as a runner, but he had Marshawn Lynch you know, early on in his career. But whether it's Vic, whether it's you know Lamar Jackson, RG3 to a degree, I don't remember them having one of the best running backs in the NFL next to them. No. no. I mean, with Lamar Jackson, it's always been, oh, he
1: needs help. I mean, Lamar Jackson's entire career has been, he needs help. No, I mean, you would throw so in... So that's where the
2: intrigue is. Like, all of a sudden, if you are saying, because Taylor unquestionably is one of the best running backs in the league, if you all of a sudden put him next to Richardson and let that grow and develop, this is why I have been a proponent of saying, hand him that extent. Like, I think the support for Richardson should and could be there with Taylor and, um Boy, I think Colts fans should be excited by it. Yeah, I guess. Okay, this is my last question to, with it because I agree with you. You put
1: Ar, uh, you have Richardson, you have Jonathan Taylor. Zach Moss is a tough. Is like, he's a tough runner, right? Like he's just he's a tough dude, man. He'll run up. He'll take those hits. The safety coming down into the box, a linebacker. He'll do that. You can do some gadget stuff with guys like McKenzie if he ever sees the field again, or Josh Downs. Like there are options there. And, and quite frankly, I mean, look at what I always go back to Steichen in Philadelphia. I know that's unfair. That offensive line was great. Jalen Hurts, uh, an MVP candidate, and everything else. Um, but I mean, you would. I mean, they they had was it? It's not B.J. Boston. That was a guy who played at Kentucky and now the Lakers. But Brandon Boston, what's the guy? I mean, Boston no, Scott. Boston Scott is Brandon Eagle. Boston. Yes, the Eagles. I mean, they would have better weapons in the backfield that Philly had last year. I guess my other thing would be this: we haven't heard about anything trade wise. For so many weeks, right? I mean, nothing. There hasn't been a national guy. A uh, Schefter's like, yo, they turned down this and that, and you know, this team's showing interest. And there have been running backs and there have been teams that that kind of need help at that position. And again, maybe not as much as JT and his agent thought. Colts fans are now getting excited whether it happens this week or next week, right? They're getting we oh, we yeah. We, yeah. we put that out there. You're exactly right. They're getting excited. Whether he plays this week or not, or I'm gonna set two scenarios. He doesn't play this week, and we're looking at Jacksonville. Or he plays this week. He plays in Jacksonville in these coming weeks, and he's starting to look like Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. It's like okay, things are happening. Could you then trade
2: him? Like, could you yeah, do that? Could you do that? To, could you do that to your fans? All, well, I, I, I know these are all relevant questions that need to be asked. I, if you, I've always said this with Taylor. If you have no desire to give him a multi-year extension, you need to get return on investment as quickly as possible because you need to get that investment back, a.k.a. draft picks or who knows what what a young player would look like because you have to support Richardson as early... As possible. Uh, thank you to Liquid Smoke. He just tweeted this at me. <laughs> it's a great name. I've retweeted the video. We have a fight video at Lucas Oil. Oh okay? no! Now, this is the Monday night game against the Chargers last year. Um, I just retweeted it. Uh, it looks like a Herbert video. The, the, a Herbert jersey in the video. The guy looks extremely inebri- inebriated. Um, also, a shock. as I'm watching the video, I see the security guard like come up there and like. Gauge the situation, and then run the other way. <laughs> is that like protocol?
1: You're not supposed well, to get involved? I'm trying to... I'm watching it now. Well, I, Yeah, I I'm don't know. And then Herbert takes a big spill. Yeah. Over I'm, a couple rows. I'm seeing it now. Yeah. I mean... But is
2: Lucas Oil the least fight-centric stadium in the NFL? I think it's gotta be. I would say be. it's gotta be up there. It's gotta be, right? Do we hang a banner for that? <laughs> Which one are you taking down? <laughs> Did we have this debate? Yeah. You guys said, oh, it, said <laughs> it said participant banner. <laughs> participant
3: banner. That's what you thought it said. It said wild card or whatever it was. So you, were, you made the playoffs, but you didn't win a game is what it was. I thought it was AFC finalist. Something like it was that.
1: A, it wasn't was it
3: AFC
2: something <laughs> finalist? Something like that. I've had that. that sent to me about 30 times oh since I took a job it, here. It, so. It's the running... Like, during the Ryder Cup, you had memes of... <laughs> Won a point on day two <laughs> and like hanging the banner in Lucas Oil Stadium for that. Oh goodness,
1: yeah. Never hang a banner unless you really, really accomplish something. Also, fighting in an NFL stadium, it's just so much. You know, if you're fighting in real life, it's like a somewhat even ground, right? You know, like if me and KB got in a fight in the DriveHuber.com studios, like this is, uh, I would imagine, be our best YouTube numbers ever. Yeah, I would imagine like this is an even, it's an even surface, but you're either punching up or you're punching down. Yeah, that's. Tough. Tough. And you have the stairs, and you have a bunch of other people, and you have beer, and you have those damn seats where it's so easy to fall backwards, and then you hit your head there. Uh, it's a tricky situation. As a veteran fighter like myself, sure. uh,
2: yeah, that does not seem like ideal circumstances. Poor Lucas
1: Oil's going to have nine fights as so I'll show those guys that Lucas Oil doesn't have fighters. Can I
2: share my gripe with Chris Bauer when Colts and Titans no. arrive on the schedule? Please do. Um Andy, on Sunday, the Colts will see a former player on the other side, and I. This is a credit to Chris Ballard. First, I can't recall many times in now his seventh year as a general manager where he has let a player walk in free agency, and that player who has had a nice run in Indy has gone to another team and had success. Okay, so and I think that's a big part of being a GM. Sure, like, it is. You've got to know when is enough enough. Like when have you seen? You know, New England is the king of it, seemingly letting guys go early and early. But there's a guy on Sunday that Chris Bauer lowballed and he continues to produce at a position that the Colts have not found a whole lot of depth and he has hurt the Colts in this head-to-head divisional matchup and that's Danico Autry. Um, the Colts, when you look at Autry, Andy, versatile defensive lineman, strong at the pass rush, um, while the Taquan Lewis and young defensive lineman experiments the Colts have tried have not really worked. Um, again, Autry is a guy that has produced at a really high level. This stat just astonishes me. If you look at when DeForest Buckner was traded to the Colts, that would be 2020. You gave up a first-round pick, 13 overall, for Buckner. You also, you know, gave him a contract that was what 18, 19, 20 million, something in that range. D'Anico Autry has more sacks than DeForest Buckner. He's got four already. Over the last four years. Four years. Oh, I'm not okay, just gotcha. talking about this year. Yeah, let me but look if up the rest. When you look at the last four years, Andy, and Autry's played five games less than Buckner. Now, I don't want to turn this into I think Autry is a better player than Buckner because I do think Buckner gives you more disruption. But when you factor in giving up the 13th overall pick, paying a guy $20 million, and then you look at the contract that Autry got in Tennessee you easily could have kept Autry and had Buckner and Grover Stewart. And now you have a rotation of interior defensive linemen with Autry having the ability to slide outside if you want to as well to be uber, uber disruptive. And to be an unquestioned one of the best interior rush groups, maybe even defensive lines, in the league, that to me is probably the biggest Ballard issue I have free agency related in terms of a guy walking elsewhere. And you know what? Why it really stings? Well, because it's the damn Titans. It's the damn Titans.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Go back to the Jim
2: yeah. say, "Venom." It's because it's in your own division. It's the team that's bullied you. He's got Twenty-one sacks in two years
1: and change with them. Twenty-one. And, Andy, and he
2: had three sacks in the two meetings last yeah. year. And what, what, Autry just stands for like toughness. Uh, he just, he, he's wired the way you want your defensive linemen wired, is how I would describe that in the best manner. He's been pretty durable, even with missing a handful of games. So when this matchup always arises and I start looking at the Titans, I'm like, Are you kidding me? Autry's got three and a half sacks through through four games this year. He's still doing it, and his contract wasn't crazy. Oh, it was was
1: seven million. Yeah, it was three year, twenty one and a half mil, uh, nine mil in full guarantees, and a six million dollar signing bonus. So it's not like you know he's getting a you know a Dexter Lawrence, Aaron Donald. I'm trying to think of it, Chris Jones. uh, Eventually, uh, will get you know another big money deal. Okay, so so help me here. Why why did it go down the way that it did back in you know three years ago? So It was
2: a bit of a low ball uh, of an offer and Autry has been very public about that. I mean, this is a game that he circles. I think the thought was we've drafted these young defensive linemen. We want them to whatever, have a bigger opportunity. My argument against that would be they rotate so much. I mean, you play seven, eight defensive linemen a game. Guys get hurt. These young defensive linemen have gotten hurt and to me um, when it involves your own division involves your biggest rival Andy, I think there's an element where you can be steadfast in market value and you can sit there and say internally in meetings, hey, this is the exact market value for Autry. We do not waver at all. But as soon as I contact his agent <laughs> and I hear the Tennessee Titans are willing to sweeten the pot a little bit more, I have to shift my thinking. And that's where I think the stubbornness with Ballard in regards to market value and free agency, that has bothered me. Of You've got to realize that at that time of year, You're walking into the store, and they decide the prices. And you've got to be flexible with some of that. Um, And so when this matchup arises each year, again, there's not really – I can't think of any other Colts player that has been here, left, gone to another team in the Ballard era, and had great success or even good success. So that's a credit to Ballard that really he's known when to let guys walk and when to retain guys. Autry's the one, though. That really stands out. And plus, Andy, it's a position that Ballard values. I mean, he's all about the trenches. He's all about the defensive line. So, this and you, is one and, that and you dream with what the, with what they had and what they in the young
1: guys that they've developed and then you just throw him on top of it, right? I mean, I mean that's what you do. The one that always hurts for me it's different is everyone calling Micah Parsons the next Lawrence Taylor and the Giants not taking him. Now <laughs> you get to see him, but this is different because this guy was on your team, right? This guy's totally different because he was on your team. What's the over under and sacks then on Sunday. Oh, Autry. is it a half or is it one and a half? Autry will have a sack. He will have a sack. Yes. Can we bet that? We need to look. Mark, we need to look at that during the break on DraftKings and FanDuel. Oh, sure. and see the one what thing we can I find. will say
2: though, the Colts have been very good this year at. Uh, and this is a credit. And I say Colts because I want it to be plural. I want it to be Richardson. I want it to be the O line. Tony of the new O line coach, Chainsaw. They've done a really nice job at avoiding quarterback hits. I would venture to guess the Colts are one of the least sacked teams, and particularly when Richardson's been the quarterback. Like, think back to the Jacksonville game; two of those sacks were him just scrambling out of bounds, and right. like, you know, happened to be a half yard you're a, loss. You're a half yard behind, like, and the guy when, gets. When a sack. you talk about like real sacks within the pocket, but um, we'll see. And I guess we can maybe lead off uh, the morning checkdown with the latest on the Colts injury report because that I think impacts the question you just asked.
0: The morning checkdown. Omaha! Omaha! on three five and 107.5 The Fan.
2: All right, Andy, I said to you yesterday, okay, walkthrough for the Colts on Wednesday. Does that mean the injury report's a little bit lengthier than we thought? And I think that holds true. Uh, the Colts had seven guys not practice yesterday. Again, that was a walkthrough, so I should say kind of an estimation on that. Six of them starters, and if you look at it, pretty much... Everybody plays O line, D line, or very close to the line of scrimmage. Uh, Mo Ali Cox, DeForest Buckner, Tyquan Lewis, Quiddy Pay, Shaq Leonard, Bernard Ryman, Quentin Nelson. Um, so certainly something to monitor as the week moves along because you're playing a team that is pretty stout in the trenches. The good news on the injury report again: Jonathan Taylor, as expected, was a full participant. That is a walkthrough today will be the first actual practice he's had in about ten months, and then Ryan Kelly. Ah, uh, he was full again last week. He was that Wednesday and Thursday in actual practices. So we'll see how he progresses here the next couple of days. Stupid, qu- stupid question
1: on, on this. You'll you'll be out there. You guys get to video like the first five or ten minutes of them warming up. So you're you and everyone else who's out there is going to have the JT video of him. You know, doing lunges or whatever he yeah, needs to do so to get ready. Pretty much, you know.
2: I'm trying to think of what Zach Moss has done. You know, Zach Moss does. Uh, you know, he jumps over bags yes. and catches balls yeah, out of the backfield and things like that. That's what yeah, you that get to see. Is it. And then I, I I thought we would not see Taylor on the injury report just based off how the Colts have kind of gone about. I remember T.Y. Hilton coming off IR a few years ago, Nelson coming off IR. I don't think they technically have to put him on the injury report. They did put him on there with, with an asterisk. Like, he's still on the physically unable to perform list. So, I think the things to watch, Andy, the rest of the week with Taylor. One is obviously – practice-wise, Thursday and Friday, assuming he's full both days. Then you'll have a Shane Steichen press conference on Friday. But the biggest move will be, if he plays Sunday, you've got to make a roster move Mm -hmm. by, I think it's Saturday around noon. So that will be the biggest telling card. Unless Shane Steichen wants to share that in. All
5: right,
1: quickly, Major League Baseball, like KB said, he's unhappy. All four series, 2 0. (laughs) I mean, they just, and some of them not even close. Rangers all over the Rays again, 7 1 last night. Uh, Twins blank, the Blue Jays 2 0. Diamondbacks over the Brewers. So a big sorry to Joel A. Erickson, 5 2, the final there. And the Phillies all over the Marlins. Glad the Marlins made it, huh? Reds fans and Cubs fans, boy, they really
3: really did a lot there. The Marlins. The Brewers, Brewers kept winning. Yeah. They just went out in two games. Yeah, the Brewers We were chanting Marlins. NL Central, and now we can't <laughs> chant it anymore. <laughs> no, you can't. Seven, SEC.
1: SEC. 7-1 uh, the final there, so it sets up Astros, Twins, Braves, Phillies. That's a good one. Di- uh, Dodgers, Diamondbacks, that's a good one. Rangers, Orioles, I think three of the four series there are going to be pretty good. So that's what's cooking in Major League Baseball.
2: Uh, tonight, it is Thursday night football. It is the Commanders and Mark Dykens Bears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mark, you have Matt Eberflus being fired by midnight. I
3: mean, he should be a he should have been fired, and he shouldn't have been hired, but he should be fired anyway, just given the win loss record they got going on. Fourteen straight losses, almost a year, a full calendar year since you've won a game, and then just his press conferences are just laughably bad at this point. <laughs> I mean, he t- he he literally played twenty questions the other day. In in responses to Chase Claypool, because he didn't just say, you know what? He's not with the team. We're going to move on. Instead, he was just answering every question. It was 20. I'm not kidding. 20 questions, six and a half minutes of Chase Claypool questions. Any other coach would nip that in the bud and say, hey, he's not here. Let's move on. Not Matty And now Claypool Reflux. is
2: out for tonight, right? Oh, yeah. They he's, sent him home. Yeah, he's
3: he's inactive. He's not even at being asked to come with the team anymore. More, so. qu-
1: more questions than catches for Claypool, right? Uh, a yeah.
3: couple other week what five a, what notes. A, you, you took that 30-second overall pick and you just... <laughs> lit it on
2: fire. Uh, it is the first week of buys here in the NFL season, so check your fantasy lineups for that. Browns, Chargers, Seahawks, and Bucks all on buys. We'll get Bills and Jags in London. That nine thirty coming up. Back-to-back London games for Jacksonville, and as we talked about, Cowboys 49ers, the big marquee matchup Sunday night football. Uh, two undefeated and two winless, that's right? Mm-hmm. Eagles 49ers undefeated, and then Bears Panthers. Yep. You better believe it. Yeah, no. and the toilet bowl this week is what? Jets and Broncos,
1: even Bengals and Cardinals. I love the toilet bowls. One's at 405, the other 425. Let's go. Jets and Broncos, that has to be Nance. Oh, Nance and Romo, they got the Broncos and Jets. Spiro
2: Ditas, Colts, Titans. Spiro time It's a matter of time. And the yeah. AFC South. Spiro and Archuleta coming up. Alright, on the other side, Scott Agnes, recapping Pacers start to training. A couple different
1: Reminders. We're getting you ready for Colts and Titans. Reminder: Sunday, 9 a.m., all the pre-game coverage, play-by-play, post-game. It's all right here on the fan. A couple different reminders as well. Teron Davenport will join us coming up in a half an hour. He'll talk uh, everything Titans as we get you ready for Sunday. All right, let's jump to the Pay Less Liquors hotline. Scott Agnes joins us. Fieldhouse Files. We're talking some Pacers on this Thursday.
7: Scott, good morning. Morning. How are you, sir? Yeah. Good morning, Andy. All good here. It's nice to get rolling again and have some uh, legitimate basketball to talk.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, I, I'm excited. I'm all jacked up. I was looking at your Twitter feed. Larry Bird was in the house uh, for the what the first practice there for the Pacers. Uh, could Larry Bird and Buddy Hield? If I put him on the three-point line, what do you think? Whoa. Right now. I mean, it's a big. This is big time. One guy's forty-some odd percent, and the other one's Larry Bird. Who wins? Come on, right now.
7: <laughs> I think Larry would tell you <laughs> Buddy's got him easily now but Would I have no doubt that probably Larry could beat a couple of the players, I'm guessing. He could probably still hold his own, but Buddy's the best shooter on this team and uh, is doing it at a high rate. He's the first guy to ring the bell each day, which means you've made at least 20 of 25 shots. So I'll give it to the guy who's still playing and still looking sharp in Buddy. Do we know
1: who rings the bell second on the team? You may not know, I'm just asking. Since you mentioned it, I was wondering, who rings it second? Any idea? Or is it just one guy per, per, uh, well, per this practice?
7: This is one of those little nuances, little things that I keep track of every single day. Yesterday, it was Ben Mather. Actually, the okay. day. Ben Mather twice. Uh, both times finished second.
2: Scott, is, is Larry like, does he have any title with the team? I mean, it just seems like kind of an open-door policy, obviously. But is there a consultant role? I kind of forget where we are at with Larry Bird.
7: Yes, he's back on as a consultant. If you remember last July, uh, he went off. I, I reported how he he kind of went off the book. He was no longer employed by the franchise. Um, I even got Kevin on the record talking about how. It, it, I mean, like you were kind of referencing, he's an asset if if they ever need anything or vice versa or whatever. They know they can call him, but um, he was no longer in that consultant role. Then we saw him return for pre-draft workouts, which I was always told was one of his favorite things. He was there, uh, so that would have been back in May, and then Rick Carlisle told me, no, he's now back in a consultant role. So that's mm. where that stands, and this is the first time we've seen him since pre-draft workouts, and it was fantastic. When we walked in there, Miles Turner, the only guy left on the team that he drafted, that he was team president for. They struck up a long conversation. Later on, several players just came o- over and shook his hand, like Oscar Shibway. Uh, you had a good interaction with, of course, the face of the team and Tyrese Halliburton. So, it, 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 because of who he is and the, kind of the stature he still carries, uh, I mean, it, it's pretty cool to see him there and interacting with everyone. And on top of that, now it was two courts away, but he looked good. He looked in good health. He, you know, he looked comfortable. So, that's all good things.
2: Scott Agnes with us here from Fieldhouse Files. Pacers training camp underway. They're actually going to board a plane here and on Saturday for the first preseason game coming up Sunday night yeah. in Memphis. Scott, I want to go a little bit away from maybe the starting lineup, but two very intriguing guys in in different ways. What do you or how do you envision the roles this upcoming season for Andrew Nemhard and uh, TJ McConnell?
7: Yeah, that's one of those that's going to be fascinating to watch. I think Andrew Demhart, your backup point guard, KB. I do. Uh, he's getting – right now he's getting more of those reps in part because, uh, according to Carlisle, uh, T.J. McConnell suffered a, a a minor ankle injury last week, but based on photos the team posted yesterday, he 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 was active in live action. But for even to forget all that, I mean, the, again, for the second year in a row, the number one player – People single out as Andrew Nemhard his development, uh, what he's able to do, and, and how sharp he looks. So I, I think he's going to get the majority of minutes, and that's why T.J. McConnell seems kind of like the odd man out. Although, keep in mind too, how many times have you needed that third third point guard? Well, uh, plus Nemhard uh, could play off the ball if that. you'd
2: like to, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
7: You could see some of uh, you know something like T.J. McConnell and Andrew Nemhard in the backcourt. But I think they want to get bigger. Um, and also then if you go down the line, then there's a trickle-down effect, right? So if those two play together and Buddy Heald's coming off the bench, what does that mean for Buddy's minutes? What about Aaron Neesmith, who's probably going to play more at the three than the four, unlike last year? Um, and so you kind of just go on down the line. Same is probably true for the power forward spot then. is Or excuse me, backup center spot. is Who's getting the minutes behind Miles Turner? Because I can make a case or any of the four and yeah I said four because I'd probably include Jairus Walker in certain circumstances and as that backup five so those are among the the biggest things I'm most curious to see play out here with the preseason games you're right starting on Sunday which (laughs) that's less than a week into camp I know if I'm a head coach I'd sure like a couple a week or two more but that's where we're at.
1: Scott Agnes with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline Found the Pacers' Fieldhouse Files. Uh, the defense, you know, we had Carlisle on and all the conversation has been around them being a better defensive team. Uh, do you expect that to take some time for those guys to be the defensive team that they hope they can be? And what sorts of things will you be looking for to see if they're picking up and actually getting better at that area?
7: Yeah, so we somewhat got a preview of of the defense in summer league, and and really it was starting from game two on. They were disgusted with how things looked and how they played in that game one, and it just wasn't really sharp. Uh, they didn't believe, but felt better about way things started in game two. And you had Jim Boylan on that summer league staff, a guy that <laughs> has been an NBA head coach. Remember with the Bulls mm-hmm. several years ago, and he was even on that summer league staff. He he doesn't the one thing the. Pacers coaching staffs going to be doing differently this season is they're not assigning you know, roles, coordinators, uh, if you will. I asked Rick about that once, Rick, once Ronald Norad moved on to Atlanta, and he said we're probably going to do things differently. Well, that is the case, and Jim Boylan will kind of head up the defense, of course, it still sounds like, but... I, they don't want him to be called defensive coordinator. It's going to be more collaborative. Um, I guess we'll see exactly what that looks like, but, um, the the two main stressors, Andy, that, that have been emphasized is the importance. And actually this is my story on field house files today, uh, will be just how, how guys need to be able to, what they say, guard their yard, win their matchup and not rely on, you know, help defense so much and switching everything. And, and, even the safety net of Miles Turner back there. I mean, especially the last couple of years. Yes, Miles blocks have been up, and he even joked. He's like, "Yeah, I hope that continues. Those are easy." <laughs> but it also means it's a negative thing if Miles has too many block opportunities. It means they're needing him in the last line of defense too often. So it starts with that point of attack defense locking in on your man, and then and then being accountable to yourself, to your teammates, to the teams defense and so um, that's what they've been working on and in fact each day they're kind of having this one on one battle uh, to try to see who can win the, win the, the matchup there and it kind of reminds me of the fun king of the courts that at least I became familiar with back in 2014 with USA Basketball and such where after practice you tried to see you know who could hold their own against the elites, it was Paul George, it was James Harden it was Kevin Durant battling and I think the guys take great pride in that. Matherin reached the finals. The day, first day, Obi Toppin reached the finals on day two. Um, so all, all things right now are being emphasized on the defensive end.
2: Kenny, okay, Scott Agnes from Fieldhouse Files. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Scott, last one from me. You brought up Benedict Matherin. Uh, it sounded like he spent a little bit of time with Clay Thompson in the offseason.
7: Yeah, they do. They share. He shares a uh, trainer. And so that's the obvious connection that kind of got them set up. But, uh, yeah, he he said he was asking him a ton of questions about shooting. And the one thing, biggest thing, KB, that he took away was how every shot of Clay Thompson is the same. Doesn't matter where it is. It uh, doesn't matter how quickly he needs to get it off. It's all boom, boom, same exact thing, just repetitive. And that's something that Jenny Busick, uh, one of the team assistant coaches here with the Pacers, but also someone who's just a brilliant basketball mind, a uh, like, truly, like, the way in which she thinks about the game and the mechanics of a shot. She worked with T.J. McConnell last year, and it did wonder. She's working with Andrew Nemhard, um, Benedict Matherin. It wouldn't surprise me uh, as well. And so he, he noticed, Matherin, that, uh, you know, Clay would miss a shot. And it wouldn't be his, his actual shot at all. It'd be his foot was pointed slightly out of whack, and that's why he missed. So hmm. he tried to soak up all he could with Clay, Battled. Uh, He pointed out how, hey, keep in mind that he won some of those back and forth as well. The highlight video that they posted uh, was just of the highlights of Clay scoring, which frustrated him. But uh, anything like that can be a good thing, especially in learning from one of those Warriors guys who's had so much success.
1: Scott Agnes with us Payless Liquors Hotline last one and we appreciate the time. Uh how much interest you know did they reach out how real was the interest there with the Pacers and Drew Holiday and then a second part of that is you know Holiday goes to the Boston Celtics how big of a deal is that for them?
7: Oh that's significant. Yeah, if you're the Bucks like while you did the Damien deal, you the, the worst case scenario then is for Holiday to end up in your only other real right. competition, it seems like right now in the Eastern Conference and the Boston Celtics, yes, probably Miami's close, but no, they are not in that same bracket as those two teams, and that's what it's going to be presumably the rest of the, for this season. And, and the Bucks, the Celtics, uh, the next tier, and then everybody else. But yeah, I, I, my understanding is the, the Pacers checked in on Drew Holiday, but that never really made sense. Like... W- We've talked about the overlap in, in guard spots just with Nimhard and, and with T.J. McConnell. you got Tyrese Halliburton right there. The team does not need another point guard or guards right now. In fact, they need one less guard, and they need one less power forward. Um, Drew Holiday's in a contract year, so you know you'd have to pay him uh, next year. Uh, some kind of big salary, and he's 33. This team, in terms of the front office and coaching staff, haven't talked too much about the playoffs. Bringing in Drew Holiday would be the thing that puts you over the top. That's how the Bucks treated it. It's probably how the Celtics are treating it. It'd be several years too soon if you ask me in terms of adding – a player like Drew Holiday. But in terms of his skill set and his personality, he's a perfect match for any team. He's a treat for any team to be on. So, of course, they all looked into
2: it. Scott, I know it's a really uh, well-attended event, but some changes to it this year. I wanted to make sure we snuck in the new details on Fan Jam. I believe that is a week from Saturday coming up.
7: Yeah, good point there. That's something that Rick Carlisle highlighted on day one. It's at Fan Jam, the annual event It's always free, and they give out usually to the first five thousand fans, you know, concession items. And honestly, if you you don't have time or don't want to pay for a ticket throughout the NBA season, or it's difficult, or if you want to just get a first look at the team, this is where you go to. And, and honestly, the scrimmage, especially the last couple of years, it's felt like an NBA All Star game. It's dunks, it's three pointers. Um, the hustle isn't quite there. It is totally understandable. It's usually a Sunday afternoon practice, and you're trying to make the fans happy. But Rick said, no, no, we're not doing that anymore. We're treating this like a fifth exhibition game. So he called the the league office and requested game officials. They'll have game officials. They won't be wearing practice uniforms. They'll be in game uniforms. So uh, they'll treat it as much as they can like an exhibition game uh, with a couple assistant coaches heading up both teams.
2: Again, Scott Agnes from Fieldhouse Files here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Scott, looking forward to more of these Thursday combos throughout the year. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. Scott Agnes right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. We should note Chad Buchanan in studio yesterday with Jake and Jimmy. You can check that out up on the podcast page. Uh, But Chad did say to them, they reached out about holiday. They did not on the Damian Lillard front. All right, coming up at 9, Teron Davenport talking Titans with us, the ESPN writer. They had some interest, I believe, in Anthony Richardson. We'll chat with him and the opponent for the Colts coming up on Sunday. It is the wake-up call of KB and Andy on 75 The Fan. Yeah,
1: been a bit of fun show, man. Teron Davenport will join us in about 10 minutes. We'll talk some Titans with him. Wake-up call, KB and Andy. I... It, Go find us on the podcast center. Some good stuff. uh, JT Wise. Will he play? Will he not play? What are the Tennessee Titans? The rivalry there with the Colts. A lot of good stuff today. So find it at 1075TheFan.com or wherever you get your podcast. Dial up the YouTube and much more. Now you whispered to me and Mark that you got an email from somebody. Okay? You whispered, oh boy. You you whisper like Sounds Kirk a bit Herb's, seductive. Like Kirk Herb Street whispered to the Denver Bronco fans last year. <laughs> that was last year, right? One year anniversary uh, yeah, the, tomorrow. The one year anniversary. Uh was it Mike who emailed you? Who was it? Riley. Riley
2: emailed you. Frequent emailer, listener. Riley throws one at us, uh, Jonathan Taylor-related, in terms of the winning cures all. You know, he heard the Stephen Holder audio that we played earlier of the relationship being improved. Um, And basically, what he's getting at is uh, the Colts didn't want to give out the contract off the four-win team, but if they're on track to prove that they're a playoff team, maybe the Colts are more willing to talk an extension. And then he says on JT's side... Not only did he want an extension, but part of him wanted at, wanting out was also to be uh, not on a rebuild team. If they're winning sooner, maybe JT is more apt to stay and help win. Mm-hmm. Love the show. Thank you, Riley, for Thank that. Thank you, Riley. Thoughts there, Andy? Yeah,
1: okay. So, you have two, th- two thoughts. Number one, you have always been guarded against, hey... Winning this year would be nice, but is it a mirage? You see teams pop up, uh, they make a playoff run, and then you know it's not it, it's not built. Uh, it, it's not built to continue to be an offensive um, or to be a playoff team. I hate to go to the Giants, but they're the perfect example. They thought they had a the playoff last Yeah, year? the Jets. They thought they had a play. You know, a couple teams thought, "Hey, we're a playoff team." They go out, they sign some guys. You come back the year after, you're feeling. good. Good and it doesn't happen. Uh, as far pay, as as for paying the guys, that would be listen. That would be the thing. Daniel Jones got a lot of money and he looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Help me here if there's another. There are NFL teams that do this. You know, you have an okay year, a couple okay years, then boom, you jump off and, you know, they're thinking, okay, now it's time to pay you. I mean, that would be it. So if the, you know, the Colts kind of made a run here, would you feel like it's a run that is substantial that can go the next year and the next year, and you're just going to continue to build and get better from that point? Or is it a mirage? And I think that's the difficult thing. And it's going to be difficult in the AFC South as well.
2: If all these teams continue to be right around 500. Well, and I would say the question to Riley, there Andy for me is gosh we just need to hear from Jonathan Taylor you know i mean we, we don't know taylor's line of thinking I, I tend to think he doesn't have as much frustration or worry about a rebuild or oh my gosh they're two and two mm-hmm. uh, well, well i didn't think they'd be two i, I Two and two, to me, after four games is not the most shocking thing. I mean, that's that's what I thought they'd be at. I do think if you look at the 16 quarters they've played, I think it's better quality of football than what I thought they'd be. But two and two through the first four is what I, I had them pegged at. Um... I think Taylor simply wanted to be compensated before the end of his rookie deal. Just point blank period. I think that's exactly what it is. Does all of a sudden the Colts starting to win a little bit more and Taylor, let's say he comes back and has a month of success, does he get an extension in November like Grover Stewart did a couple Mm -hmm. years ago? Or does this again continue to play out to the end of the year? I tend to think it'll play out at the end of the year. I, I don't... I'll believe it when I see it. The Colts wanting to give him a multi-year extension. Um, So I'm I'm not sure if I'm all there on like the two and two winning cures all. Taylor's watching from the sidelines and thinking, oh man, that looks fun. Like this and that. But again... This is me projecting Jonathan Taylor's we, thoughts when we haven't heard anything uh, we haven't, haven't heard, heard anything from him in four from, months.
1: I, I think, and we got to take a break. But I think what has changed here is that Indianapolis was not seen as a as maybe the best case scenario for him. And when you do win I've games, I've broken the microphone. Uh, you know, that's the that's first like four
3: times this year.
1: That's the you've f- done. That. That's the first time I've seen that happen in this studio. Welcome, and I, Andy. And I've been in radio studios and I've seen that happen just about. <laughs> just Should about screw it back show. together, right here. Oh yeah, screw it back together. The All YouTube right. audience would love that. Okay. Big numbers on the YouTube stream. Last thing, it, it was the Colts winning. I asked when they were two and one. It was a nine o'clock hour, the Monday, the reaction Monday after Baltimore. I said, "Hey, what do you think JT thinks? Uh, you know, what is just what do you think? I mean, hey, they're winning games and it's a running team. It's a running coach, uh, and the NFL. You know, no one was exactly trying to get him. I think what's changed in the first four and a half weeks is the Colts, if not the best place, one of the better places for him to get his money somewhere. And we did not. Think Think that was going to be the case in the off season.
2: Jordan throws this out there: winning now and making the playoffs could show promise to free agent weapons for Richardson. Far more likely to lure a stud wide receiver winning now rather than four. But you wins. don't
1: overpay Pittman. That's
2: kind of the point I thought to Riley. Yeah, is it,
1: because you make it, you don't give him number one wide receiver. I think money. Jordan's
2: point is interesting. Do stud wideouts hit free agency anymore? No. And it's a trade. Form. I guess you have to look at it twofold. If you obviously win, you are more attractive theoretically to those wideouts. Or if you lose more, are you higher up in the draft to get, you know, insert your white out here? Obviously, Marvin Harrison, Jr. All right.
4: On the other side, it's Ron Davenport talking time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at K-I-S-Q-A-L-I dot com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
2: Titans, He'll join us next. All right, Tron Davenport going to
1: join us uh, in about three minutes. If it's okay with you, KB, I think we got to lead off with what are the what are the Titans? Who the, Who are the Titans? Who are they? <laughs> I mean, who, who are, are they?
2: The who are they? Is it wrong to ask him if Ryan Tannehill is washed as well? Well, is it as simple as they stink On the road and they're good at home? Because that's what the numbers say through four games. They have scored six touchdowns on the year. All six of them have come in their two home games. Uh, That means they've scored zero touchdowns on the road. They average nine points per game on the road, 27 points at home. Yeah, I don't know if that's a first quarter mirage, but right now it's been really good at home and really bad away from home.
1: 9 o'clock hour, hanging out with you in the wake-up call, drivehuber.com studios. Again, Teron Davenport going to join us from ESPN. We'll talk some Titans with him. Uh, I I had to Google this so I got the saying right. I get a lot of these wrong. Isn't Sunday the immovable object versus the unstoppable force? The Titans never win away from Nashville, and the Colts never win in Lucas Oil. (laughs) (laughs) Something's got to give here. Something's got to give. And I, I swear, in this game, Like You you fear Derrick Henry, Vrabel's a solid coach. They're still a solid team in the last five, six tries. They have owned the Colts. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I don't know if the Colts losing, if they're going to be hungrier. Obviously, if Jonathan Taylor were were to play, were to play a lot and played well, I mean, that would be part of the conversation. You know, this happened with us on Friday. I was probably going to pick the Colts anyway, but don't you feel like we kind of need... We're kind of in a bad spot when we give our picks because we don't know what the injury report on Friday afternoon is going to look like. (laughs) It's better for JMB who gets to know who's in it because you know we got to Friday afternoon and you could tell the offensive offensive line was not going to be anywhere close to healthy and on top of it, DeForest Buckner, you kind of felt like was going to be on a pitch count against the Rams, so we don't know... How those situations are going to work out for the Colts, uh, but I, but I thought, but I just thought of that. Like someone's, something's got to give in this game, uh, you know, between the team that never wins
2: away from Nashville and the team that never wins at
1: home, seemingly at Lucas
2: Oil. You know, one thing that stands out about the Titans—they are the number one ranked run defense so far this season. Um, I would offer though. I think the Colts run game is a bit unique compared to most in the NFL given the dual threat nature of course with Richardson and it's just a different style than I think most teams utilize so that will obviously be a big matchup and you know as we've said all throughout the morning um, I think it's fair to say and I don't use this word lightly but I think it's fair to say you've been bullied by Tennessee Mm -hmm. in this matchup and I think that's what really frustrates Jim It's that in a game against the division rival and Mike Vrabel interviewed to be your head coach and you know, all of a sudden in the last two and a half years, they've beaten you five straight and in the Chris out era, they've won eight of twelve and that hasn't happened with the Colts against Tennessee and they're built in a way that's kind of similar to how Indianapolis has been built. So, I still don't view Tennessee as like super explosive or anything like that. Oh, and no, of like, course you don't. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think is like breaking away from you. I think obviously he's a tremendous catcher of the football, um, but their offense does not wow you. And defensively, if you can control the line of scrimmage, aka your offensive line against their D line, as long as you do that, I think the Colts can win this game. But. Um, so much of it's going to come down to the battle in the trenches. Uh,
1: do you think, and this is this is something maybe Steichen talked about, but since it is uh, either one or two on the rivalry uh, list for the Colts, do we think that Shane Steichen views or gets his team ready for this game in any different manner than other games? Certainly, they cannot start out twenty-three nothing, right? No, Certainly, they cannot do that.
2: That was a question that I did throw to Shane yesterday. Like, did you anticipate anything practice-wise leading into last week, and you know? He was, he downplayed that significantly. He did. He did. Um, but I, I don't. He hasn't hinted at that. Maybe behind the scenes, he's doing a little bit more. But certainly did not hint at it. Some yesterday. coaches
1: get tight, you know, when it's uh, kind of a big game like this. It's different than the Rams or, or, or something else. All right, let's go out to the Payless Liquors hotline following the Titans for ESPN. Teron Davenport joins us here on the Fan on this Thursday. Teron, good morning. How are you, sir?
8: Hey, good morning. How are you guys?
1: Man, we're fantastic. Appreciate you joining us here on this Thursday. We were just having the conversation. You know, the the Titans are 2-2 two and two, like so many teams seemingly in the NFL. They have a close win, a close loss, a blowout win, a blowout loss. Uh, Derrick Henry's had good games, bad games. We saw what they did last week. Do you have any feel on what the Tennessee Titans are right now following them on a weekly basis?
8: Yeah, it's uh, been a, a, a lot of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, <laughs> obviously, with them. You know, to, to lose 27-3 and then win 27-3, it, it's been up and down. I, I think the Titans are a team that needs everything to go right in order to win. That's kind of the, the best way to put it. And the way that they're built is there, there's no margin for error, right? you got to win the turnover battle. You, you have to get Derrick Henry going. you got to be able to play defense. So right now, I think they're what their record says. You know, an average team, but they have the potential to to, to move to uh, well above average if, if things go right.
2: Again, Teron Davenport is with us from ESPN.com. Uh, Teron, the top run defense in the league. How surprised are you by that through the first four weeks?
8: Yeah, that's definitely a surprise. Cause that's something that the Titans. Uh, that's what that's what they strive for. So you know. Um, Really, I, I think that comes down to a, a lot of what Zaire Franklin has been able to do. I mean, this guy is a tackling machine, and Shaq Leonard, you know, when healthy, is it, really good, but yeah, it's definitely a surprise, but you know, I think a part of that is a product of, of teams wanting to throw the football, too, you know, and, and that's a, a big factor.
2: Teron, how um, I think we maybe had you on back during the spring, but I, I can't recall this conversation. Um if any, did Tennessee have interest in Anthony Richardson when the draft rolled around? I feel like they were kind of a rumor, obviously Will Levison in the second round, but I feel like they were kind of a rumored team to potentially uh, trade up and try to get one of those top three quarterbacks.
8: Oh, yeah, there was absolute interest. Now, C.J. Stroud, from what I was told, was the guy that they wanted above all else. But man, they had Anthony Richardson here in Nashville. He spent the whole day with, with the Titans and... Mike Grable, he, he looked back on that. You know, he said that it was a great visit. He loved how engaging Richardson was. And, you know, he called him a big, fast, and physical quarterback. And that's exactly what he's shown himself to be. So, yeah, there was interest for sure. They were at Florida's pro day. And then, uh, like I said, they had him here.
1: Tron Davenport with us. Pay less liquors hotline on the fan on a Thursday. Uh, I mean, okay, so you mentioned Anthony Richardson, the quarterback right now, Ryan Tannehill. I, listen, I, Ryan Tannehill at times looks extremely washed to me. It is what it is, but I also don't know if there's anything behind him that is ready to play. Levis obviously has had the issues injuring everything else and Malik Willis. Um, what kind of play do they need on Sunday from Ryan Tannehill? And then, you know, if Tannehill Tannehill were to go down, we've seen him be injured or just bad play. What do you think they would even do, uh, you know, if we got to that point in the middle or latter parts of the season?
8: Yeah, I mean, it depends how bad you're talking. I, I personally believe Tannehill is going to be the quarterback for pretty much the, the whole season, you know, unless things really fall off off the rails. But the way Tannehill needs to play in this game is continue to do what he's, he's done, right? One thing that he has shown he could do, this season has pushed the ball down the field. And you got Chris Moore averaging 33.5 yards per catch, which is tops in the league. And Tannehill is at around 9.7 yards per uh, attempt. So, you know, you're looking at a guy who will do that. He needs to make sure he doesn't turn the football over. He also has to move within the pocket, you know, because if DeForest Buckner is is healthy, he's always a guy that – has uh, the ability to impact the quarterback. So Tannehill has to make sure that he could avoid those sacks, you know, and, and buy some extra time to get the ball to the receivers.
1: Is there anything behind him? I mean, Willis, Levis, I mean, is there any confidence in either one of those guys?
8: I mean, Willis is is a work in progress. He, he definitely, you know, improved from last year. And still, just watching the preseason, you, you do have those issues as far as at times holding on to the ball too long and not always – believe in what he sees, so that is something, and uh, Levis is, you know, he's a rookie, and he's a guy that's not getting that that technique work and everything as much during during practice because, you know, they have to prepare for other teams, so they're both works in progress. I'm not sure that they even turn it over to those guys uh, next year, to be honest with you.
2: Again, Teron Davenport is with us here from ESPN. Uh Toronto when I mean, this matchup always arises. It's probably not a name you get asked about a ton, but what Danico Autry's done in Tennessee continues to stand out to me. I, I felt like he had a really nice run here in Indianapolis and certainly has carried that uh, to, to, to the Titans as well. What has he meant to, I would say, one of the better defensive lines
8: uh, out there? Yeah, Danico Autry is, he's, man, you're talking about a guy that just there's no flash and fluff. He just goes out there and he whoops whoever's in front of him. He whoops their tail down in and down out. And he's meant a lot, not just from a statistical standpoint, from a standpoint of how they run their stunts and twists, how he sets the edge, how he plays against the run, and then even just the mindset. You know, it's funny. I went up to him uh, after the game last week against the Bengals, and I was like, hey, Danico, man, we got to talk to the stat people because they didn't give you your half a set. And he was like, man, I don't give a F about that. You know what the F it is. I'm like, all right. I was just trying to help you contract-wise, but I get where you're coming from. You know, he, he's just, you know how they, they say people got the dog in him. That, that's what he has, man. He has a lot of dog in him. Well, KB's he's upset because he was a colt. And,
1: you know, his contract, it's not, it's not like he's making 22 mil a year. He's not going to be making Chris Jones or Dexter Lawrence money, and he could be here at part of the rotation. We have the over-under at one-and-a-half sacks for him on Sunday. Teron, that's what we have.
8: Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. And I'll I tell you, you know, it's funny. I asked him yesterday about that, you know, because last year we did a story. You know, I talked to him, and we did a story, and, and he talked about how you know, it it still burns him up that they didn't even offer him a contract. But this year, he's like, man, it's just another game. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're like, are you sure? And he was like, yeah, it's just another game. But I still think, hundred percent, he's going to be ready to play.
1: Uh, things around and Tron Davenport, ESPN. He follows the Colts. He's on the Payless Liquors hotline. Last one for me, uh, and I'm just going to throw, uh, you know, all the weapons around Dan Hill. I'm just going to throw some things at you. Um, seems to be kind of an up and down year. I mean, there are games here in Cleveland. One point eight per carry for Henry. Chargers. 3.2 uh, and then obviously last week against the Bengals a breakout hell even threw one to Derrick Henry so how is there anything different how they're utilizing Derrick Henry just being careful of his usage and then uh, the Burks injury and early returns on Hopkins so all those things I'm throwing at you uh, all the weapons around Ryan Tannehill
8: yeah so starting with Derrick Henry really really the big thing was the Browns. You know, they were they had nine in the box at times. They were run blitzing. Those guys were getting to Derrick Henry in the backfield. In fact, he had more yards after contact than he had yards rushing. <laughs> so that just lets you know how it was for him. Now, they started uh, one of the things that, that they're doing is like a, a quick pitch out of shotgun, and they, they pulled the, the the guard and, and, and tight end, and they culminate. Kick that out, and, and he's able to get yards there. I, I think you know that's been a factor, and it, it's just sticking to it. You know, he had a lot of carries last week, and that's why he was able to do what he does. Um, Tajay Spears is another factor, their third round draft sure. pick, so that's something. And then, as far as uh, Traylon Burks is concerned, that knee—it's it's the same knee that he had the LCL sprain in joint practices against the Vikings in August. And he was able to come back, but I, I don't know, something happened uh, in that in that Saints game that kind of tweaked him because he came back after that and he had like a, a wrap on there or a sleeve, I guess you could call it, and then it progressed the following week into you know him being on the injury report and having uh, a, a, a wrap, a more intense one on there. And then, uh, you know, he didn't play last week, so... I don't know, really, the situation. I think they'll probably just wait it out. Unfortunately for them, you know, you got Chris Moore playing the way he is. And Nick Westbrook, Kekeenie you know, from Indiana, you, you know, he's a guy that uh, has stepped up, and he's actually led the Titans in, in receiver snaps this whole season. Um, now, as for DeAndre Hopkins, the return is there. You, you know, you look at last week, he had that 38-yard reception on, on the third down. uh He's a guy that Ryan Tannehill was going to a lot on third downs and in just all situations, you know. So I, I think situation-wise, the return is there. Number-wise, it's not, you know, the normal DeAndre Hopkins. But, you know, one thing I've noticed about him is, is he's very positive. He's always giving input to the receivers. You know, I watched him during individual period a, a lot, and, and he's he's been a big help for them.
2: Again, it is Colts and Titans this Sunday. Titans have won five straight in this matchup. The line shifted a little bit here in the last 24 hours. Tennessee a slight favorite heading in to Sunday. Tehran always enjoy our combos. Hopefully we can do it again here uh, when these two teams meet again later this season.
8: Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. I always enjoy my trips up to Indy, man. Get, get my shrimp cocktail, my, my ribeye. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. You
2: know what you're doing. Safe you travels go. up 65.
8: <laughs> yes, sir. That is Teron
2: Davenport right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Does ESPN pay for that? Is that something you can write off a work expense? Could we do that? I'm going to guess ESPN's got that. <laughs> covered for Tyron. Uh Jonathan Taylor is going to speak to the media. Um, that is the news item just oh, wow. announced here in the last few minutes. What so time is that going to be? Uh, so how the Thursday media schedule opens up is you actually talk to players before practice. Um, so uh, typically 11.30-ish <laughs> is when Jonathan Taylor will meet the media. Let's go! Um, so that's going to take place again before practice, so he won't be able to necessarily talk about how he's feeling after his first NFL practice. Um, But that is the plan for today. You know, questions, Andy, obviously, um, we haven't heard from him since mid-June. There is a whole lot to get to. I've said this about Taylor Media Sessions. They're not the most enlightening, if I'm going to be totally honest. And I think he's a really smart individual. I think he's a really nice dude in those sessions. But he's just, it, it, it's hard to pry stuff out. And, you know, I've said this a couple times this week. He's not a great holder outer, if that makes sense. Like this is not Terrell Owens and Drew Rosenhaus on the drive. He doesn't have that dog doing in doing setups right. and and, and push ups. So I'm very curious how this is going to go. And like clearly he has been frustrated. Now that you're back theoretically practicing, potentially playing, are you still going to show that frustration? Is that awkward for teammates at all? Like those are some questions. Obviously, you want to know. Why don't you feel like you've been given a contract extension? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling physically? Do you still want to be traded? Mm-hmm. Uh, would you be good with the franchise tag? Mm-hmm. Any regret over how you or your agent have handled this? I mean, the, those are probably the first five. Well, you asked Greg Doyle why the change. Relevant
1: questions. Uh, and spe- sp- speaking of Doyle, I assume you're going to be down there. Uh, and these are the things I care about. Okay, and I cared about him at my last stop, and I care about him here, and I'm and I'm learning this. What's that media mob gonna look like? Who's gonna Who's gonna try to dominate in the media mob? How many people are gonna be surrounding JT? I mean, it's gonna be around his locker, right? Who's his locker? Well, who's his locker next to? Whoever's next to him is gonna have to get the hell out of the way. Yeah, I tell Jake (laughs) Funk to take a longer longer lunch today. Yeah, Jake Funk,
2: you're gonna stay in the showers, Jake Funk. (laughs) Stay over there. Any other questions that I missed there, JT related? if you were in that scrum today again, I am. There is part of me that thinks we're not going to get a ton. Know. Just knowing how he I operates, know. this is not. You know, I'm trying to think of how Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs, I think those two were a little bit more public, a little bit more candid. I Yeah, but Barkley, Barkley
1: didn't have the dog in him where he was going to sit out the year. He tried to play that card. Well, ah, you know, maybe I don't play this year. Yeah, right. Like, I never thought – I thought it was going to end with him, you know, kind of bending the knee, them giving a little bit more money, and I thought Josh Jacobs would do the would, would do the same. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, you know, how angry? I, mean, I know that's a leading question. How upset? How angry? How surprised were you that, you know – no one really wanted to, to pull the trigger and you know trade for you or offer what we would imagine would be something that the Colts would want back, right? I mean, I don't know. That's part of it. I mean, there's so many things. Yeah, I there's think 20 minutes health...
2: worth of questions, oh, unfortunately. There's more than that. Yeah, there's that's, more than that. That's not going to happen here. But, well, it's a big day um, then. That's a big day. Yeah, and, and again, the Colts will practice later today. That will be Taylor's first practice since December 15th, 2022. Uh, I part of me would like to maybe you know hear him after that practice because i'd just be curious how he feels physically because i go back to last year andy and the media sessions with taylor last season it had a very awkward i would say a bit kind of um is tars the right word i don't even know if that makes sense um but just what a word yeah, I is know. Is that a
1: sports radio word? no. I know. Now that I
2: said that out loud, I'm like, does that even make sense? Is that a, is
1: that a JQuery word? That? that belongs the on the English, English National
2: Spelling Bee or
3: something.
1: <laughs> is that what I'm looking for? Will someone look that up? <laughs> okay, I'm looking at, is it T-A-R-S-E? Is that yeah, it? Yeah, that's what I was going for. Okay, well, hang on here. Uh, da, 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 da. uh I don't know. Like I'm It not... was a
2: bit like rigid. Maybe, rigid, maybe yeah. Is that a better word? It, it, it was just it had kind of a tense tone to it. And that was the first time, really, that we've ever chatted with Taylor about, you know, where he is at physically. You know, injuries have not been something that he dealt with at all his first two NFL seasons, and even at Wisconsin. So, you could tell he was frustrated with his physical state. And maybe he was frustrated that he felt like he was sacrificing some things to play mm-hmm. for a bad football For a, a bad team, team. right. Um, so, I think that's another question. You know, do you feel like you were... Do you feel like you're not being acknowledged enough for trying to play through injuries on a four win football team that was firing everybody in existence? Well,
1: I mean then on top of it. What do you think of Anthony Richardson? What do you think of even though they lost yeah, last week? Steichen, yeah. yeah, what do you think of Steichen? Yeah, what do you think of you know kind of a fast start here, Mark? I just texted you since we had the computer issues. Can you get for me Steichen uh, on the J? You know J, the JT knows the offense, and can, can we play that? Sure. Uh, Steichen said this yesterday, and this is how, one of the things that we talked about when we open the show on why i want to see him is you know if he knows the offense and if we find out today and you know we believe that he is healthy enough that we can see jonathan taylor this week it's not 32 carries it's not a 99 percent of the snaps it's hey can he be a decoy can he be out there 10 plays can he be out there 15 plays can he get seven or eight touchdowns here's Steichen yesterday
6: with OTAs and training camp and stuff, being around, shoot, the system, obviously the verbiage stuff, he's heard it all, uh, obviously, in the meetings, getting ready, you know, today and all that stuff. So taking his notes getting ready, you know, with anything. Obviously he's been around it, but any time you sign a player, right, you sign players on Wednesday that start on Sunday. So, you know, feel good about his mental.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's what you said yesterday. Hey, you signed guys like Trey Sermon. You get him in here on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and on Sunday they're out there playing not a ton of snaps, but Trey Sermon absolutely touched the ball in his first time uh that he was out there. So I, I just to me I'm a I want to see JT and I want to see him on Sunday, and maybe we find out a little bit more today. Hopefully, Ter- we Terse
2: do.
3: is the word you're looking
1: terse. for.
2: Terse. Not Tarse. Tarse, so that was the sports yeah. radio <laughs> you brain tried, you coming tri- out of me. Like, I tried to be smart and you, I wasn't. You tried to-
3: an adjective. Sparring. And In the use of words, thank you. You tried to be an elitist
2: with your vocabulary. Put the e in there a little bit (laughs) earlier. Um, And again, Andy, curious about Sunday. You know, I've thought, you know, for a guy that's missed 53—if I have the number right—straight practices, I would tend to think another week would be. I don't know. Would either party have? And he's, I don't know. Is this a stupid comment to bring up? Would it be better for him to make his debut on the road? Well, you mentioned that. You mentioned that. I mean, fan reaction. Would it be better to make his debut on the grass field? Did you watch Dallas Flowers' torn Achilles? That was a turf blow. 1,000%. He all of a sudden backpedals and starts to come up to maybe make a tackle. And, you know, I know there's articles out there. You know, the NFLPA said that Lucas Oil Stadium has the worst turf. I, again, part of me thinks these are just stupid things to even bring up. But then I watch how Taylor has reacted to his physical health over the last 12 months, and he has been uber protective of it. So these are all just questions that are on my mind. I think the biggest question is, do you know your agent?
1: Uh, Do you know your agent liked a tweet from Kevin Bowen Uh, 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 three weeks ago?
2: Mike says, "Make sure you all ask about his dumb ass agent."
1: <laughs> I'm sure. Listen, I'm sure his agent. Thank you, Mike. I'm sure his agent. I love the guy's already acting like the media is going to go soft on Jonathan Taylor the first time he's talked in months. I mean, fan reaction. Hey, you know, if you are out there, what kind of fan reaction? Someone uh, says he you needs to expect? apologize
2: to the fans. Does he need
1: to apologize to the fans? No. No, I don't believe he needs to apologize from the to the fans. I mean, the Colts put him on the pup list, right? They didn't have to do that, right? I mean, the Colts did that. Jonathan Taylor didn't put himself on the pup list. I would say no. If he held out and he was a healthy scratch, and they were finding him, and it was absolutely affecting the team to where it's like, damn, we could be a lot better if we had Jonathan Taylor. We could have won this game and that game and this game if we had Jonathan Taylor. And if Zach Moss were bad or got injured, and Jonathan Taylor was still not out there, then I can understand that a little bit more. But right now, I, I would say no. He doesn't need to, afo- uh, you know, to apologize to the Colts fan 19 on Twitter. What's no. going to
3: be the most uncomfortable question he gets asked? Today, do you think? And who will ask it? Is it Doyle? If he's there, is it a TV guy?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, is it I, you? I I, I, yeah, I, I think all of us probably have questions that could create awkward moments. I, 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 I don't know who's necessarily going to wear that hat or if that really matters. I would say more or less, it's do you still want to be traded? Mm-hmm. I mean, he requested a trade right. a month and a half ago. That's the question. Do you still want to be traded? And you know, there's probably an element too of like, what was it like being on that bus <laughs> in the Jill middle Herce of the field? say, telling you the rooster with five thousand people in attendance. <laughs> yeah, you're not. Yeah, we're not giving you an extension right now. Like, I mean, gosh, I can only that was quite humbly. I'll, I'll never forget watching Taylor walk off that bus and back to the Grand Park like indoor facility. It looked like he just lost his dog. Did he? Just I mean, yeah, yeah down, I would imagine so. Hoodie up. So, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, going to meet the media here for the first time since mid-June. Later today, uh, we will have, to round out the show, Alara uh, Overton. Tomorrow is the 20th year anniversary of the Colts and Bucks historic Monday night football game. Colts Productions made a really cool 20-minute video Um Interviews with Tony Dungy, Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne, etc. Key, key parts of that game. Looking back on it. So looking forward to that. So we'll chat a little bit with her coming up in a bit.
1: Uh, If we have time today, and I will send this to you, Mark Dykton. Uh, do we have 90 seconds for a legendary sports radio rant from a gas bag by the name of Don LaGreca? You guys haven't heard of this guy? Which no, was never stu- heard of him. Which was stunning never to me. Heard of him. Uh It was actually disappointing to me. This guy is a hot take artist, and he responded to an offensive lineman in the NFL... Who dogged his fan base uh, and it got really personal. So maybe jammed between (laughs) maybe jammed between Lara Overton and I don't know, you wanna play it on the check down? I feel like it's a nine o'clock hour. I feel like you guys need to hear that. This this is what I'm saying. Aren't aren't we a little crowded here pop quiz? Ninety seconds. I just want ninety seconds. That's all that I want. We have thirty three minutes left in the show. Do you want to do it now? <laughs> you want to do it right now? You, want you me to seem set it very up? excited about. Well, this. I mean, you guys got to g- Google Don Lagreca. He's he's a man, man. He's on. He's like a mafia man. Well, he's ESPN Radio New York. Was he's my Michael- former NFL kicker. Or is that Al Del Greco? Oh, that's Al Del Greco. Uh, Del Greco, I believe, uh, Houston Oilers to mine, right. Houston Oilers. All right. So Evan Neal. I don't have it, by the way. If you send it to me, I don't have it. Uh, can we try to play it off my computer then, or is that going to create all sorts of issues? Um, Computer's on. All right. So Don Lagreca is responding to Evan Neal, who's like telling Giant fans, "Please boo us more and louder." I'm an NFL player. You flip burgers. That's the route that he went, and LaGreca
0: lost his mind. Right tackle Evan Neal looked up towards the stands, raised his arms, and gestured sarcastically. He said he did not flip off fans, but he did yell a clear message to them. They are booing us, so I said, boo louder, Neal told NJ Advance Media on Wednesday. Why would a lion concern himself with the opinion of a sheep, he added. The person that's commenting on my performance, what does he do? Flip hot dogs and hamburgers somewhere? Are you kidding? in me? I'd cut his ass. I would. How dare you? These people pay your salary, they pay an obnoxious amount of money to park, an obnoxious amount of money for PSLs to sit there and watch this pap and you call them hamburger flippers? What, you're so much better? I'd rather have a guy that's flipping hamburgers block than your piece of garbage ass. Who the hell are you to talk to fans like that? You piece of garbage. I hate when players do that. You're not above us. What, because you happen to play a sport? You're better than me. better than the people that pay your salary? These giant fans were here before you and they'll be here after your sorry ass is cut. What a piece of human trash. And I don't want to hear some apology. I was taken out of context. I didn't mean it. I don't want to hear. Done. Done. I would cut his fat ass. If you see him in the mall of Willowbrook. Boo his ass. If you see him on the DMV, boo him. Don't stop booing him. If he goes to the Pro Bowl, boo him. If he wins a Super Bowl, boo his sorry ass screwed into people that pay to watch you play poorly I might add
2: (laughs) at least he didn't get personal yeah he really strayed away from that (laughs) I didn't think fat ass was very personal What if Mark, what if KB, what
1: if KB like just took us by storm that 735 one morning? I don't think I'm going to go there. Oh, I know,
2: of course. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Maybe something. (laughs) I mean, I was pretty frustrated about Marcus Freeman.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right tackle Evan Neal. Oh, man. There we go. Turn my computer down. Time for a morning check down here. Wake up call. There we go. Thank you.
0: The morning check down. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
1: Uh, All right, quickly in baseball. KB will get to the injury report on the Colts. uh, But baseball is set. No baseball today. No baseball tomorrow. Because all the series just went two games, the absolute minimum. Philly 7-1 over the Marlins. Diamondbacks 5-2 over the Brewers. Twins 2-0 over the Jays. I think the Jays scored one run in two games. I think that's what it was. Rangers 7-1 dominating the Rays. They only had, what, 21,000 people, whatever it was, uh, in attendance. So that does set up. Orioles, Rangers, Astros, Twins, Braves, Phillies, that'll be a good one. Dodgers, Diamondbacks, all those beginning 1 o'clock on Saturday, right in the middle of your college football Saturday.
2: And again, I'm mad at Major League Baseball with all four sweeps of those three game series. That means tonight, Bears and Commanders stand alone. You're not flipping the TV over to any sort of winner take all baseball, uh, the five and a half, six points, what's the line? Commanders are favored. I know uh, that. I thought it was six and a half. Hang on.
1: I thought it was. I got all the way up to six and a half. Where's the game being played? Uh, it's in Washington, which is okay. also a sellout. It's six. The over-under is 44 and a half.
2: There you go. Bears and Commanders. Fittingly, 364 days since we've had Colts and Broncos. We get Bears and Commanders tonight <laughs> on Thursday Night Football. Interesting injury report for the Colts yesterday. Again, just a walkthrough for Indianapolis. Uh, it was a lengthy one, to say the least. And a lot of guys in the trenches as well. Uh, this is a list of guys that would not have practiced, according to the Colts. Alley Cox, DeForest Buckner, Tyquan Lewis, Quiddy Pay, Bernard Ryman, Quentin Nelson. And for the first time all season, Shaquille Leonard was on the injury report due to a groin injury. Now, again, Jonathan Taylor, who's scheduled to meet the media here in about, uh, I'd say, a couple hours. Um, he was expected to be a full participant. In whatever practice they would have had, so that means his first practice should come uh, this afternoon, uh, coming up here. So uh, that's the Taylor update. The only I think other good news from the injury report: Ryan Kelly um, sounds like he should be back to practice again. He has not progressed through this concussion protocol. We're in week three of it. He had a setback in it last week, so we'll see if he can progress through it today. Uh, Boogie Flan
1: getting the uh, uh, every. I, I just I don't know why I want to give this update. All the Indiana coaches are going to be there as they face off against what Kentucky and Arkansas. So a five star recruit,
2: Sheriff Woody, going all in. I like it. Sounds like a pretty good recruiting yeah. class could be on the horizon here like for the it. Hoosiers in 2024. All right, it's time for the pop quiz. We will do that on the other side. Three one seven two three nine ten seventy. Pop quiz is next.
1: Alright, pop quiz time. Reminder, Lara Overton, uh, Overton going to join us here in the next 10-12 minutes or so. Uh, KB, our pop quiz the contestants have been pretty good this week. They have. Right? We've yeah, had that's m- not something we often no, say. Multiple guys get four out of five, so we got to keep that going. Do you want
2: to choose the caller? Go ahead. Yeah, and again, I kind of look at the pop quiz and a little bit more relevancy than normal yeah. in terms of present day. Uh, should mention again, Jonathan Taylor, scheduled to meet the media here coming up in a couple of Hours That was announced shortly. Again, his first practice uh, in 10 months looking to happen this afternoon. So certainly we'll keep you updated on that, and Jake and Jimmy and John will have you covered big time on that front. Uh, let's go with what? Number uh, 28 is Taylor. 8 minus 2, uh, 6. Let's go with 6. Derek.
6: Oh, my God. I hate to mess up your numbers today. Good morning, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Derek,
1: what's going on, buddy? How are you? Good Was morning. That a good oh, my God, or a bad oh, my God?
6: I don't want to mess up your numbers. Andy, I'm doing good. How's up? How's up?
1: One. little gas little gas is doing great man he wakes up uh in the middle of the night just i mean basically just one time wow. is what we're dealing with right now at about 233 o'clock sounds like uh, a dream yeah i mean right now i mean knock on wood we've had him home since sunday afternoon so uh, everything is
6: great appreciate you
1: asking thank you so much
6: <laughs> That's good. Um, Kevin, I don't know how you, what kind of algebraic equations you did to come up with my number, but okay.
2: <laughs> when you said, oh my God, I got nervous there for, for, for a second. Again, was that a good thing or a bad thing?
6: No, that was a good thing because okay. I don't want to come in here and mess up your streak of <laughs> all the good guys that came
2: before me this week. Well, we have well, faith in you. Um, what, it's been kind of three or four for the most part? That's I, been I mean, the answers we, each week? We've had two guys get four. Four? Yeah, which that's very rare through... Three shows, Derek. Thank you for the call. Thank you for listening. As always, Andy Sweeney. You want to throw number All right, one?
1: Question out? number one, Derek. The Bears and the Commanders square off tonight on Thursday Night Football. Who leads the all-time regular season series? Regular season series. Washington or Chicago?
6: Oh man, it has to be. It has to be Washington.
2: All right, here we go. Derek, the Bears in Washington franchise have met in the most lopsided game in the NFL history. By how many points did the Bears beat the then Redskins in the 1940 <laughs> NFL Championship game? Um, the, the Dolphins almost did this a couple weeks ago. They did. Uh, uh, 65 points, 69 points, 73 points, or 77 points? It
6: has to be
2: 69. Question number three, Derek.
1: Name the only 20 game winner in Major League Baseball this season. Was it Zach Gallen? Was it Spencer Strider? Was it Chris Bassett or Zach Elfin?
6: Um, Zach. You sure? You
2: sure? <laughs> I'm going to say it's not a Zach. It's he not a Zach. pitches for your Braves. or I know it's Spencer. So I'm just joking. All right, all right. got to have me nervous there for a second, Derek. All right, three coaches have won both an NCAA FBS championship and a Super Bowl as a head coach. Which of the following did not win both a D1 college and an NFL championship? Barry Switzer, Paul Brown, Jimmy Johnson, or Pete Carroll? Um...
6: What was the
2: second one? Paul Brown?
6: I'll go with Paul Brown.
1: All right, Paul Brown. All right, what are we? Question number five on this day in 1982. The NHL's Devils played their first game in New Jersey. What were the New Jersey Devils known as before they moved to Jersey for the 1982-83 season? Colorado Rockies, Minnesota North Stars, Hartford Whalers, or the California Golden Seals. Oh my God!
8: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got a twenty-five percent chance of getting it right. You and me both, Derek. Yeah. Again, Colorado Rockies, Minnesota North St- North Stars, Hartford Whalers, California Golden
6: Seals. I'm gonna go way out on a limb and say
2: California. Derek, you uh, optimistic about your Braves carrying the regular season success into the playoffs?
6: Uh, Oh... the hitting's good, unlike last year, but I'm worried about the pitching. But I, I think the hitting will prevail against the Phillies.
2: I hate the Phillies. You I should. really do. You should hate the Phillies. I do kind of like in the NL we get the divisional matchups. Yeah. Braves, Phillies. Oh, awesome a good then, matchup. Yeah, yeah, the NL Central. It's a not, great matchup. Not represented at all. Then you get the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. All right, this continued a nice stretch here. Derek, uh, number one was right. Commanders, Let's go! All uh, right. Three and four. Spencer Strider, twenty game winner. Paul Brown, yeah. no D one college and NFL championship for him. Uh, but the sweat ups are two and five,
1: right? Yeah, two and five. It was what seventy three points. It was seventy three nothing. That was the Bears in Washington when they met in the game that everyone remembers in the, in the nineteen forties. And then the Devils in nineteen eighty two. They were known as the Colorado Rockies. I had no You're idea. Rolling.
2: Derek, thanks as always, man. Good to hear your voice. See you, buddy. Uh, all right, uh, Lair Overton on the other side. 20-year anniversary of Colts and Bucks. Cool project that the Colts production team's been working on. We'll talk with Lair about that next. <laughs> Man, been a fun show.
1: You missed any part of it. Tons of Colts conversation. A little Pacers jammed in between. Head on over to our website 1075thefan.com I'm sure KB you'll have something up today with whatever Jonathan Taylor uh, says or does not say. If you want my power rankings for the week, all the stuff that Mark does, find it up there. 1075thefan.com. Check out the podcast as well wherever you get your podcast. Watch on YouTube uh, and much more. Also, reminder, 9 a.m. on Sunday that Colts Titans coverage begins with JMV all the pregame game game, and then postgame coverage and Lara Overton going to be an individual on uh, all of that coverage getting you ready for the Colts and Titans and she joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Lara a very happy morning to you. How are you?
9: Hey, good morning to you guys. I'm doing great, thanks. Excited for a big day here around the complex and then an even bigger game day on Sunday with the Titans coming in. Yeah.
2: Lair. we talked about it a little bit earlier, and always good to hear your voice, but coming up tomorrow, 20-year anniversary. I totally forgot uh, about it, frankly. Uh, or Colts-Bucks, Monday Night Football, historic comeback. I think everybody in this market certainly remembers that game, where they were, if they went to bed. All of those things. I find it fitting. That's actually the last time the Colts played back-to-back overtime games. And right now, they're coming off of back-to-back overtime games. Um, and you guys are releasing a piece tomorrow, 20 minutes, I believe, in length, uh, with Tony Ungi and Peyton Manning, etc., on the game and the historic comeback. Uh, your favorite part of the piece, and just let us know, I guess, a little bit more on things.
9: I appreciate your giving me the opportunity to talk about it. This has been months in the making, a mini documentary, if you will. And this was a concept that came up by Matt Wilkening. He is the mastermind behind all of the long-form content. He's the editor behind it all. So he and I were eager to have an opportunity to collaborate on this one. I think the idea came to him uh, over the summer. He was hanging out up at the lake house, and it struck him that we were coming up on 20 years of this. So, weeks ago we uh actually really probably a few months ago started scheming on who we needed to hear from how we needed to make it all happen so we sat down with peyton manning he happened to be in town a while back speaking at a tech conference and reggie is in the building one of my favorite parts about the execution of it was that getting coach dungy Entailed a down and back trip to Tampa Bay in a single day. <laughs> Matt and I boarded a plane at 5 a.m. <laughs> on a Tuesday, flew to Tampa, shot at Raymond James Stadium. So the opportunity to go back to the scene of the crime, if you will, where Tony Dungy is up in the Ring of Honor in Tampa Bay, you know, within that stadium. We shot with Tony, got in, and, and, you know, Kevin, you got enough opportunities to talk with Coach Dungy and just hearing his memories of that game and all of his recall and then uh, boarded a plane about three thirty, and and uh, we're back here at in Indy later that same night. Uh, so that was, it was a fun way to make that happen and be able to get coach and the unique opportunity to have him there in Tampa as he relived it. But a few things that stand out, I was talking with Wilkening about this yesterday because when you're in the trenches producing a piece like this for so long, you're like, oh gosh, what were what were the things that really stood out? Because we're see- looking so like big picture in the execution of it all. And when we went back, and you're listening to Peyton in particular talk about overtime and the recall, the attention to detail, not a surprise to anyone who spent any time around Peyton that he knew, you know, every nuance and every route and every play call. But an interesting point that he made was that they had the same play that they ran on three consecutive third-down plays successfully to three different receivers. It was Marvin Reggie and then hmm. Troy Walters in there that ended up setting up Mike Vanderjack for what was initially a missed field goal. You the, leaping the leaping penalty, goal, right? It's amazing. Yeah, we heard a lot about the leaping penalty, and they couldn't believe it. Peyton said, I didn't even know what leaping was. And then Coach Dungey told us as well – he considered, after Vanderjack missed that first one and they get a second chance because of the leaping penalty, he thought about putting the offense back out there.
1: That's unbelievable. So there
9: are all these kind of... Right. So there are all these really fun things. And uh, he also, when Peyton threw... There were some other details, hearing it from Coach and Reggie and Peyton, but when Peyton threw the pick six... He said it was actually better that it was a pick six and not just an interception because they were able to have more time on the clock to work with. Had Tampa Bay put a drive together, the comeback would have not been possible uh, because they wouldn't have had enough time to score the amount of points that they needed. And then uh, Coach Dungy admitted, too, that when Peyton threw that pick six, he considered pulling them because they were going to have to play on a short week. They had Carolina coming in the next week. And uh, it was Tom Moore who said, I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> so, you know, the uh, the always forward-thinking, insightful Tom Moore and his hands in uh, in that as well.
1: Boy, can you imagine pulling Peyton Manning out of, out of any game, no. the, how, how that would no. have went over. Uh, KB, this is both for you and Lara. I mean, how, huh? and just Colts fans, I guess, in general. If they were being honest, how, what percentage do you think gave up the ghost and went to bed?
2: Oh, How a many, large port- I mean, It had to be a, a ton, lot. right? Yeah, Lara, we were talking about this yesterday. I remember Peyton saying before, like, he got home, his home phone, he literally had voicemails <laughs> from people saying, tough laws, good luck next week.
9: Oh, no question. Reggie said the same thing, and, you know, that you kind of so you somewhat kept receipts of the people who had, you know, tuned out when they were the ones asking for you for tickets later that season or, you know, hook up in the playoffs and different things like that, and... One of the things that Reggie told us as well is there were a lot of guys on that Tampa team who he knew from Miami, Warren Sapp uh, among them. Reggie told us that actually at halftime, they're all walking off the field and he looks at Warren Sapp and says, we're coming back on y'all. We're coming back. So he loves to remind, to this day, Warren Sapp about that moment because he said Warren just totally laughed and, and wrote it off. There's also a fun element of the battle at that time, peak wide receivers, Marvin Harrison, Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn was mic'd up on the sideline. So there's a, a lot of fun kind of trash talk and taking you into the trenches of what was going on between that dynamic as well.
2: That is outstanding. I cannot wait. Tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., correct?
9: That is it. That is it. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll post a portion of it on Twitter, and then you can watch the full piece, all 20 minutes. You will not want to miss it. Flies by Colts.com, Colts YouTube, all those platforms will be there for you. So some great Friday, Saturday viewing to get you ready to go for Sunday at Lucas Oil as the Titans come in.
2: Absolutely love it. You guys have done great work on this stuff in uh, months and years past. I'm so really looking forward to tomorrow. Lara, we will see you in a bit.
9: Yes, look forward to it. Thanks, guys, so much. Have a great Thursday. Appreciate it. Overton, radio sideline, of
2: course. Uh, You hear her, Rick Venturi, Matt Taylor coming up on Sunday. And, yes, looking forward to that piece because it's such a fun memory, I think, for a lot of people here in this market. You know, we brought up some of the names earlier, the Colts' leading rusher in that game, the other Ricky Williams. (laughs) the the Texas Tech Ricky Williams uh, in that one so uh, really looking forward to and shout out to Matt Wilkening who I know does a great job over there great human as well speaking of over there that's where I'm heading that's where you're going. Get your get your questions ready. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor time. It uh, sounds like you will meet the media 11:25, 11 11 30 I believe, is when the locker room opens. So I would guess shortly Boy, there after. The, the,
1: the guy, the other guys in the locker room have to know to get out of the way. Yeah, get out is, of the
2: way. No one's
1: gonna talk. Yeah. No one's talking to Matt Gay today. Jake
2: Funk, go Facetime
1: your mom, <laughs> right? <laughs> just, just don't be yet. Yeah, just get out of here. Just get get out of here. Out. Move out of the way. Uh,
2: That is the the land. Hey, listen, that's gonna be fun. Thursday. Thank you to Scott Agnes. Thank you to Teron Davenport. Thank you to Lara Overton. Everybody have a great Thursday.